Thank you, Nate. This is Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of the Fanboy Planet podcast. And, no, I'm the host of the Fanboy Planet No, I, I just wish podcast. Nate could have seen you flying I in on flying the, his arms were out. I was gliding in on your intro. Editor-in-chief of FanboyPlanet.com. And, of course, there it is. Uh, we are podcasting on Leave September 10th from the Brett Cave. <laughs> and, all right, thank you, Nate. And, of course, there Let's it is. talk over Nate. Welcome to have, uh, it's good to be back with uh, fabulous, our man in Los Angeles. I'm Dave Costa. And across from me, and and literally hosting us in, in his home, uh, the owner of the Brett Cave and our podcast producer, and sometimes Moral Compass, and, and certainly our sommelier. Rick Brett Snyder. That's right. Because uh, tonight's podcast you, is brought uh, to you by a reasonably good Merlot. <laughs> Are you evil Rick this week, Rick? I didn't shave today. It's oh more like my. Stubbly. I'm just, I'm, <clears throat> I'm uh, rough and tumble Rick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we have a podcast title already! <laughs> rough and tumble Rick. And I just saw, it was weird, like I saw a cactus appear behind him and... Um, there we go. Me and uh, Lee Marvin. Anyway, I'm going to say up top, before you ever get bored and turn us off, if you're finding us on iTunes, please go ahead and rate us uh, and, uh, and and subscribe and tell your friends. You can find us on the Stitcher app. You probably already did. And, of course, anything we talk about in the following podcast, you may, of course, find on uh, follow through the Amazon link on fanboyplanet.com. Uh, and if you'd like to make any donations, of course, because <laughs> this fabulous banter you're hearing so far... Even though the t- the new doctor hates banter, um, this fabulous banter uh, doesn't. Well, it does come for free, but out of the goodness of our hearts, so if you want to go to the PayPal and donate, we would appreciate that. We're just out of practice, is all. Uh, well, that's it. I'm putting it up top, you know. Yeah. Anyway, so there we go. We got a lot of uh, you know. We have been gone, and I just want to say it's been. Uh, you know, we had the car cast, which I hope was was very fun for people. And it's just been a variety. Rick went to London for one week and then was in Ireland for another week. And I was in uh, the doldrums uh, for another week. I don't know. <laughs> near the lake? Uh, near the lake. <laughs> near, near, <laughs> near, yeah, I can't even make a joke about it. Uh, no, it's just been really busy. And so we're finally being, being I forgot what last Wednesday we had any. Well, it was just because we had the car cast. It finally yeah. got it uploaded. Yeah. 
So it's just we been, got together and realized we didn't have to do a, a and we went. <laughs> um, it was nice to just go out to dinner and go yeah. ah. And, and uh, so you know we apologize for the hiatus, but everybody takes a summer hiatus, and we're back with the you know just like the fall TV season. It was the London Bank Holiday, which is of course uh, fanboy tastic. So we're going to talk about a lot of stuff, and so uh, tonight we're going to try to catch up a little bit, and while still keeping current with comics. Movies and television. We're going to begin with comics. So, uh, in our absence, what did we have up first there, Rick? Is Future's End. Future's End. You know, which I, the whole month of Future's End. At, you know, at the during the second week, because Lord knows the future can't end in a day. You know, when we when we resisted buying it, and I said we were going to have the Future's End support group, people who were not buying it, and then we kind of dropped that joke. Uh, I'm going to say I'm actually grateful for Future's End this month because I'm still so behind. Like uh, last weekend. Last week, the Forever Evil hardback came out, beautifully packaged, and I realized it would be faster and easier for me to buy the hardback than to go back into the mess of bags and figure out and put an order so I get to read uh, Forever Evil in one in one sitting. So I'm, I'm, I'm behind on a lot of books. Yeah. So to be able to pick up Future's End that's five years into the future, it didn't matter because just like most of New 52, the continuity doesn't matter. So it, it's all things that might happen in the future if Terry McGinnis fails in his sacred mission to uh, bring Booster Gold back into the mainstream universe. And uh, Is that what is it was all about? Future's End is about? Uh, Booster Gold holds the key to it all and is back because I think that Dan DiDio has been teasing and hinting enough people have been another saying... Another crisis. Uh, he's, he's teasing another crisis and saying that Booster Gold holds the key because they are going... It seems like they're going to revert to the idea that was dropped at the beginning of Flashpoint that Booster Gold does remember the universe before, hmm. the reality before. So he's there to... But Pandora does not. Apparently not. <laughs> but I'm going to say, of the books I picked up and read last week, so I kind of enjoyed kind of enjoyed Swamp Thing, was confused by a few of the other um, kingdoms that they've added in. You like bought the, the Swamp Thing Future's End. The Future's End, yeah. because this month everything's Future's Right, right. You know. So uh, there was the Phantom Stranger, yeah. uh, number one. And it was like, oh... By finally stopping teasing, I still don't like the origin, but they kind of restored Phantom Stranger to the Phantom Stranger that he hadn't been in any of the run. Okay. Facing down the villains that they created and then going, and then at the end of it going, this is the way it's going to be from here on out. And to be continued in Trinity of Sin, number one. But I went, oh, it took you, because J.M. DeMatteis has been back on the book trying to undo all the things that Dan DiDio did. Yeah. And uh, the, and I felt that this actually sort of, by the end of it, returned it to the Phantom Stranger that I always liked. Yeah. So uh, now I can go back in, read the rest of the run, and then buy Trinity of Sin and go, yeah, that's the character I grew up loving. So I kind of, I think they're using it as a way to restore some status quo where things have gone off the rails. You know, so I, I'm i there. Um, so most of the new 52. <laughs> I can neither confirm nor deny that statement. Some people might enjoy it. I don't know. Maybe there's a Doom Patrol in the future. But isn't there a Doom Patrol re- reintroduced in Justice League that I haven't encountered yet? Because uh, there's a reference to it in Forever Evil. Yeah. You know, which again, I would like to praise that that run. And and if you didn't pick it up, picking up the hardback because it does what I think these events should do when you collect them is you can read the story, and there are side things you might be missing out, but they're missing out on, but they're not really crucial. So is it just the Forever Evil? It was just book. the seven mini. Okay, seven so I read that. that. Yeah, and 
I, but then I, let, I didn't read any of the ancillary I let, stuff. I let, I let Luke read it, and it was a little violent, but he really enjoyed it. And we said, and I was actually touched by the Bizarro Lex Luthor uh, exchange mm-hmm. and, and bought the conversion, if you will, the semi-conversion of Lex Luthor, Lex Luthor to where to he is as a, as, a, as a hero leading the Justice League. Yeah. And I thought, you know, that actually made sense in context. And, and as I said before, when Jeff Johns is, is firing on all cylinders at his best, he's really good. Mm-hmm. At his worst, and which does happen, everybody has their misfires, you know, it's like, eh, I wish that had What ha- are you referring? I'm sorry. Because right now I'm really high on Jeff Johns. Not only did, did he do a fantastic job of reviving Aquaman for the New 52, mm-hmm. this Forever Evil was interesting, and then Rick and I are going to start talking about Superman runs because right now mm-hmm. the Superman run with Jeff Johns and John Romita Jr. is, well, I'll get to it because we wanted yeah. to talk about another DC book. One which, more thing about the um, yeah. Future's End one-shots. Um, Technically speaking, lenticular covers, which I know you didn't buy them, but I've, been, I've only been buying the lenticular ones. They added ones. a dollar to the price. Yeah, but lenticular covers can do th- three things. One, through through a couple of frames, they can have some limited animation. Yes. Two, they can add, uh, in a static picture, they can add a, three, a, a serious three-dimensional effect. Yeah. And the third thing they can do is what they've done this time, Make which is stiffer. give... <laughs> yes, definitely stiffer. Um they can give an alternate picture. Mm-hmm. And so this one flips between two uh, pictures on the cover of the hero, usually the hero, um, which goes with the theme of this is a, a possible future story oh, for okay. the character. Interesting. So I thought thematically the lenticular cover was used very well for this run. So the dollar more, I think I bought five DC books with them with them on last week. So. I'm not even sure what I bought from New 52. The I didn't show. see it. I don't I think bought I bought the, any of the... I bought Batman. Oh, I bought Batman, yeah. I bought Batman, and I bought uh, Constantine, because I, I I, just... I, I don't mind the revamp, and so I find him somewhat interesting when I picked him up. And Justice League United, because I said I was not interested in Justice League United, and then I still ended up out of habit finishing that series, because uh, yeah. or the, the what they had done before. And I found it, actually, it ended in a really... It introduced Ultra the Multi-Alien to a continuity in a way better than anybody else had tried to integrate it into continuity in previous ones. You know, so I thought that was interesting. Martian Manhunter kind of finally became more like Martian Manhunter as I recognize him. Yeah. And that's what I think is happening. I There were things in it where I was like, I don't like this characterization. But by the end, I was like, okay, I sort of accept this version of Adam Strange. This is what Ran, Ran and Ranagar are like. And... They have an they have an awkward thing which has not worked from the beginning of the new fifty two is what do you do with with Hawkman? How does Thanagar fit in everything? How does this work? And so they just kind of found a way to reboot that again. I don't know when you said again, yeah. But it's it still kind of worked. So I'll be interested in seeing. See, Martian Manhunter is the one thing I've missed in the standard Justice League. Yeah, that the idea that, that you have this alien who has pretty much the same powers as Superman, but. He's also a shapeshifter, and I like that character. Which reminds me, I got an awkward uh, text from Troy Benson and his uh, speaking of shapeshifters and his four-year-old son, uh-huh. who asked, <clears throat> "Ready? Because I think we're going to blow your mind like a Grant Morrison book. <laughs> um, if the Martian Manhunter's weakness is fire, mm-hmm. and the Martian Manhunter has all the powers of Superman, uh-huh. why does he have heat vision? It's not fire." 
uh, well, my army can cause fires. It can. And I said, I, I've always, th- I think that they make his more like a force vision. Yeah. Is my I, answer. I don't remember it being called heat vision. But I know he does have something. So, yeah. you know, it, it's interesting. I thought, oh, four-year-olds. They see their, right through that. They see right through the new 52. Yeah. Um, a shame, really. But that or, was established a long time ago. Yeah, I know. That was, was way back when. Yeah. Um, when he was a backup and detective. Yeah. So anyway, uh, was it last week or two weeks ago that Multiversity, one of the longest awaited books? I in think it was the, last week. Uh, the Grant Morrison and Phil, is it Phil Winslade is the artist? Reese. Uh, let's see. Oh, no, 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 no. It's someone who looks similar to it. Uh, Ivan Reese. Ivan Reese. The penciler. And uh, Joe Prado, anchor. Great team. Great artistic team. I have no problem with yeah. the art whatsoever. Um, and I have no problem with the book either. It's just interesting and and I think wise of Grant Morrison that almost no recognizable version of any of our heroes are in this book. It's like every two pages you're in a different multiverse figuring out the uh, the characters in it. Well, I'm thrilled by the fact that Captain Carrot is taking front and center and uh, <laughs> and even though he's drawn differently, he is the Captain Carrot that... Originally was created. He's DC's response. You're gonna, you're gonna hate me for saying. He's DC's I response to Rocket Raccoon. No, <laughs> I know he came first. But no, the reason, Rocket came first. Rocket Raccoon came before Captain Carrot. Captain Carrot. Captain Carrot was created in eighty one or eighty two. Rocket Raccoon's been around the Hulk since like the late seventies. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Okay. But uh, Captain Carrot and his amazing zoo crew was a great funny animal book with by Roy Thomas and Scott Shaw. Really fun. I'm just saying. I'm just saying the current response, per, current putting him front and center. I don't think that. I think that we got to remember that um, Captain Carrot was actually very crucial to Final Crisis. And I know. Multiversi- Multiversity is a direct Way sequel to Final Crisis. And Rocket Raccoon was pretty fundamental in uh, in the uh, annihil- annihilation wave stuff. Yeah. Captain Carrot's first appearance was in a special insert in the in New Teen Titans number 16, February 1982. Yeah, 81 or 82, yeah. I remember being in high school buying it. It's like having a little sentient computer in the background who yeah. monitors what we says. Well, and, he's just got better, ac- faster access to the internet. And it's not faster necessarily. He's not talking. He's, he's got a computer. silent. Yeah. You know, is Nate still alive over there? He's just Googling. Googling, googling, googling. Looks like Rocket was seventy six. Okay, yeah, yeah. Bill Mantlo. That's all I know. So, um, completely different characters. No, absolutely. <laughs> um, because Rocket was treated seriously in a weird way, whereas whereas Captain Carrot was always funny animal, always meant to be a superhero parody, uh, in which but, had a parody within a parody with yeah. the just a lot of animals. And I would I would say, by the way, today the showcase. Edition collecting the entire Captain Carrot run uh, is of is hitting stores, mm. and so I will be picking that up in a week or two because I know I had all all of them. But again, it's nice to have it in one volume to be able to pull off the shelf and go. Yes, I shall do Captain Carrot research. <laughs> this is going to happen, and you know, I don't think that line has ever been uttered before. But it's better than you know. In the New Fifty Two, they had in that threshold book Captain Carrot, who was this serious right. scarred version. Yes. And then I love bringing him back because he was crucial. Like I said, he was crucial to Final Crisis, and that's the only character, Captain Carrot and um, the Superman of Earth Seven, I think he created, who is essentially a, who is Calvin Ellis, but serious, but clearly a, a Barack Obama analog. Right, uh, is the Superman is the president there, is the president. Yeah. And one of the things that I, I read online, I thought was a great criticism of it, is when we talk about diversity in comics, 
you, if you pick up that issue, it's incredibly diverse. Mm-hmm. The lineup of here. Oh, yeah. And what Grant Morrison even has the, done in, is taken the, that criticism and just said, let's not talk about making them diverse. Let's, let's just, just show do it. it. In the Earth 7, the Wonder Woman is also a woman of color. It's hard to determine yeah. exactly which. But uh, The yeah. Flash is clearly a young gay man. And, yeah. you know, it, it's uh, and there's just all kinds of different characters. The analog to Thor they have uh, is an aborigine, you know, is, is an aboriginal god. Um, and so it, 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 he's very clever in that. And, and then um, Owatu, uh, o, something Nix, I can't remember what the, who the monitor was. Yeah. But that's who was brought up. And this is also a book that is dealing with the with what Grant Morrison threatened years ago of, I'm going to make the DC universe sentient mm-hmm. um, because it's talking to you. <laughs> don't open this book. Don't, don't turn this page. I thought Grover was going to appear. It was going to be the monster at the end of this book. You are very strong. <laughs> and uh, so... Uh, which is still <laughs> admittedly I'm trying to figure out where Tickle Me Elmo fits in no it doesn't did you ever read the monster at the end of this book as a child did no. you read Justin no. oh it is and I, I bought is it is it Grover it's Grover okay. it's, the, and it's the whole it's it's a very interactive and I got it when I was five or six and I bought a copy for Luke just a year ago because I said yes, you can't we can't even though he was nine it's like we can't we can't let you grow up without having read the monster at the end of this book and you will find it the funniest thing ever and it is. Each page is like Grover. You open it up, and, and Grover's interactive with you. It, he's sentient. He says, "He says, wait a minute, go back. I'm not going to do the Grover voice because it hurts with wine. It is, is go back. <laughs> what was the title of this book? And it's the monster in this book. So don't turn the page. Please don't turn the page because I'm scared of monsters. And he tries to, like, nail down. I think the, I had this book. He tries to nail down the pages. He ties them up so you can't turn the page. And, of course, you do. And then like, he puts up a brick wall. And it opens. And he's covered in bricks. And he goes, did you know you are very strong? And then, and then it goes. And then at the end of the book, of course, he goes, wait a minute. There's no monster in the book. It's me. I'm the monster. But that's, like, the, the second to last page. Then he turns to the page. And he's walking away from you going, I'm so embarrassed, and it's, like, it's a great, great punchline. So yes, that's what I felt like. Is that kind of is that talking to you in the? Is it, don't turn this page. Uh, blah, blah. And there's this weird chimp right. thing. It's a bizarre, and they're all gathered in the yellow submarine, going through the sea of red. Actually, not the sea of green, but the sea of red, which goes in with I think there was something about three. Oh, because Superman Forever or whatever they called it, that that special that you can get in the final right. crisis right, thing, right. was a 3D book. Yes, so, it I mean, was. It is you know red and green, the different you know. So, yeah, Morrison. Morrison's uh, working is, on so many different levels. This is, uh, they, I think, it promises it's going to be eight issues. There's like but two going to be a two bunch of capped multiverse yeah, yeah. stories. There's going to be a bunch of different single titles. The next one is Society of Superheroes with the Doctor Fate analog and right. Isn't there Fate in there? Doctor Fate in the nineteen, and then the SOS Thwart, the Nightmarish Parallel Planet. So, like, if Earth Two existed the way. Grant Morrison would do it. To heck with this book. But Doc made. Fate, it looks like Doc Fate, Fate's a Blackhawk in World War Two. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, I, see it. I totally agree. It, it, he's creating, he's showing you what you know, but without the way you know it. Yeah. And it's really interesting. So, I, uh, it's one of those books I'm like, did I really need to buy the individual this, issues? Could yeah, I just I, this is going to be a trade, trade that you're going to want to get. Yeah, and we'll predict it now. Yep. So, um... What's next on our docket here? The next thing on our docket is uh, Original Sin from the uh, Marvel Now crowd. Which Worst kept secret as far as its ending, but yes. Well, I am I'm, I'm actually 
have not finished, but I've been enjoying the fact that it's been wrapping up and the oh, well because so, they have I well, you know I I think good for you and I'm going to say this honestly positively I don't think you you read the other sites as perhaps as obsessively and right. because I'm on Marvel's publicity list you're not getting those emails to say this is the book coming in a month yeah, that I, spoils the ending of the series you know because like the whole thing the, they said yeah. like there was a Captain America cliffhanger where it's like you're supposed to believe the Falcon died which would be great if a month ago they hadn't gone on Stephen Colbert and said the Falcon's gonna be Captain America yeah you know so you can't believe that cliffhanger Original Sin number eight has an ending that goes, mm, okay, there's still some a couple of questions left unanswered a little bit, but um, so you haven't finished it. No, I read the bulk of it when I was uh, traveling. I had it on my iPad, okay. and so I came back, and I, it's just not... I, I, I blew hot and cold on the series overall. I was actually waiting for the last couple of issues to come out of, of the... Uh, which can't, the last one, I think, came out yeah. last week, and so... Uh, no, I'll well, I'll just it. say is it is it did Jason Aaron did pull that out in giving me an ending that I did not actually expect, uh-huh. and I'm very pleased about that that they came up with something. I think uh, what I've, I was most happy about this series was I think the main the original sin and original sins books. I think the original sins books was a little weak. Yeah. Um, uh, the original Sin book, I think, had a plot line that you could follow through and you could get the story out of it. Yeah. And the books that tied in actually tied in pretty well. And the storyline... But I don't think you need them. I you think don't you, need them, uh, but I think it didn't disrupt what was going on in those those yeah. stories that much and it actually moved some of the character uh, development along. I agree, but I would say if you had not bought original issues of Original Sin... Again, another one worth the trade paperback. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting story, and I have a feeling probably, as you seem to have experienced it, it's probably a better read just going pell-mell through it. Yeah. No, Which I, I'm finding more and more, and that's and I am growing to this point of, well, is it just easier to wait for the trade? I, I wish that the periodical, I'm, I'm coming to this point of, I wish the periodical would just do the seven or eight issues, do it as a large graphic novel, and release it that way because I'm tired of buying it twice. Yeah. And then not really reading it the first time because I, I want to read it all in one sitting and then I buy the trade to find it easier. You know? yeah. So, um, what, do you, what did you think, Nate? Because I think you're more invested in the Marvel Universe than I usually have been. Um, what did I think of it? <laughs> I thought it was okay. Sorry to spring it on you like that. I mean, it was it was hard to... Yeah, I thought it was okay. You're not as pleased with the ending. I didn't... The ending... I thought the ending was better than the whole middle because I didn't like what we talked about, you know, when this first started, that, oh, there's something that somehow these characters either don't remember, don't know happened, whatever, Mm -hmm. that makes somebody either... One, a supposed hero looks like a complete jackass or they is something they did that was like in the Fantastic Four one I don't know if you guys were reading Fantastic it was, Four I read what the sin was but didn't actually haven't caught up on the follow up it was Johnny well, I don't know about the follow up Johnny screwed but the up one of the attempts to f- yeah no I know that it's I like read that a complete yeah. It's like an accident that's nobody that's not an original that was sin the, that was kind of what the sin was was not telling him yeah the other thing is, like, I but I, and I said on the flip side, the Invaders, James Robinson used it really well. There was a, a thing that, that Jim Hammond felt very guilty about, 
Um, but as he talked it out, the impact wasn't great, but it was a great. It ended up being a great story. It was used very well for New Avengers because Cap remembered that he had been part of the Illuminati, but had objected yeah, to was, it, yeah. and so they took his memory of it. Right, um, and then he remembered, and that was fundamental to the the end run of that storyline. But yeah. then so. that wasn't an original sin because all the other sins were stuff that came out from the very beginning of these Early, teams much or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So, but it still worked. It in it was a uh, you know. But I get. I yeah. think it reads well on its own. Although there was definitely wild goose chase stuff to pad it out. Like I think mm-hmm. the last three or four issues of it really got things rolling when really the first four issues were meant to allow these other crossovers instead mm-hmm. of really telling us the story. Right. And there are interesting things. Uh, you know, like uh, that are going to roll out of this is why we're going to have a female Thor. Don't know what was whispered to Thor that makes him feel that he is not worthy. Yeah, yeah. that's the other thing. Uh, Thor feeling he's worthy is not the same as the hammer knowing Thor is right. worthy. Right. But visually, that would be an awkward to whisper to a hammer, and the hammer says, "I shall shun thee, Thor." <laughs> yeah, um, but that's the hammer would already know it. Right. That that is true. I mean, there are flaws to it. <laughs> I but think, out of this, I did see. I didn't. I I think I don't know if we talked about this before, but I finally saw what um, what Mary Jane had said to Mephisto. Oh, when when did uh, that come but out? Apparently, in oh, that, yeah, that way was, back uh, when it was printed in reverse, and if you magnified it, you could see it. But they fixed it, amended it in the trades. Which tells me they were, they were weak. Is actually, she whispered to Mephisto, "You will make me remember everything." Hmm. Which then just proves that Mary Jane is this fantastic character who loved Peter but sacrificed everything for him, and and knew that and and but wanted to live with that pain. And that is an amazing thing. Which then apparently in the trade or paperback, didn't want to lose the happy memory. Well, you give it up and, one and, one way or the other. It's it's the same at thing. At that moment, you know, yeah. but they but they changed it. They amended it in reprints, which you know I don't like when they do that. It's like we'll stick with it and fix it. Yeah, via mm-hmm. plotting or writing. What they change like, it to? Um, they made it completely illegible. They yeah. so they've removed that as something that people could find in trade paperbacks, which reminds me way back when when you know Jeff Johns was creating the whatever crisis went into what ultimately became Final Crisis, of. Like there were differences, and I did. There's an article way back when on Family Planet when I compared individual issues with with the trade, with the trade collection as to what they had. Uh, yeah. you know, Infinite Crisis. That's what it is. Where they changed it because he changed his mind later, and I was like, really, I actually kind of liked what you were implying first. So I think it's important to also to look at um, these two big events, both futures and and original sin, and say, you know. Which, which company is really handling the big events better? Well, I can't judge fairly. I didn't. I wasn't interested in what Futures End had to say. Yeah, but I like what they're doing this month with these one shots. I'm. I, I enjoy alternate futures. I'm just, and I'm glad they're not making me buy it in like an annual form like they used to. Yeah, when you had like you know the Dead Earth. Uh, summer and those kinds of things where you're like, okay, read all these alternates. I like what ifs. I liked Armaged- Armageddon 2001. But right, but I'm not particularly interested unless I am interested if this means Booster Gold comes back because they've made him into a character I love. Plot line, yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Um, still, again, Forever Evil, let's compare it to that because I think that's where they really are similar. Okay. Similar in length and I think Forever Evil was handled well. 
I think Original Sin was handled well. Both were probably padded out a little longer than they could than they needed to be, but unfortunately, that's the nature of the market now. My problem with Original Sin was there were a lot of branded secondary stories. Yeah, that tied in that that tied in that in the end didn't actually need to be there. There is one with original sins. Yeah, that uh, the Nick Fury story there, the Dum Dum Dugan story. Did you read that yet? Don't think so. Okay, oh, I don't want to spoil it, okay. but that was actually that tied in directly, and it spun very directly out. And I went that, and I thought that's that's pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, so you know, that's we will we'll come back to Dum Dum because obviously he's he's showing up on television soon. So um, let's move forward to sure. Uh, should we should we get to what's the bit we got so, so serious and slow? We need to get back to being. Like, we did one more one peppy. last thing in comics, yes. which is we've got a brand new artist and writing team on Superman. We're three. You mean in. Superman? Shut up. Superman. Okay, I'm sorry. Look, you're going to mock me for this. I said <laughs> that the old radio announcer, we got into this fight at Earth 2. Uh, it was not a fight. No. It was, I, was slap I loved hearing this. It was, like, it was like when, it was like when, when, when uh, you know, uh, Lom would get on me for calling Marv Wolfman Wolfman. And then I said, okay, fine. I'm corrected. I call it Wolfman. But the reality is that the word s- super is really super. And I used to make, because there was a, like a 1988 or 1989 revival of Superman. I can't remember who did it. Um, but it was a, uh, an animated one, an animated series. And they got the, uh, like, the announcer from the original radio show was still alive, so he did it. He uh-huh. did the announcing. And he says, it's Superman. And then my friends and I would laugh at that, and I looked it up. And that's actually technically the pronunciation of, of super. It's supposed to be super, but it now sounds weird. Like you're like Big Gay Al from South Park going, I feel super. <laughs> um, so it's Superman. And I said that because I also said Aquaman, which has become, which again, I, I grew up saying Aquaman and then uh-huh. started listening to New Yorkers and then again looked it up and it's supposed to be the short A of ah. But we all say ah and it's, it's Aquaman because you say, you don't say aqueduct, you say aqueduct. So, you know, that's, that's. Do logic. you? I actually say aqueduct. Well, you are a heathen. Uh, you know, whatever. We're Californians. We can say whatever. We we just slur. Um, actually, in California, I don't even know if we have any aqueducts, so I don't know. But uh, viaducts. Viaduct? Hey, that's not a duck. All right, thanks, Chico. Um, which is another one. I didn't. I always grew up calling him Chico, but apparently that pronunciation is supposed to be Chico because he liked to chase the chicks. Cool. Yeah. Blowing my mind. You've learned so much. You know that the Marx Brothers' nicknames actually come from a comic strip? No. Sherlocko. Sherlocko the monkey. There was a comic strip where each week there would be a new, in like 1912, where each week would follow an event, uh, a monkey whose name would change depending on how the cartoonist wanted to describe him. Okay. So, so it was a Groucho. So uh, Minnie Marks, the Ma- Mabel, no, it's Minnie Marks, because uh, the play about them is Minnie's Boys. She nicknamed all her boys after what she thought their personalities were from Sherlocko the monkey from this comic strip. And she called, so he was Groucho because he was grouchy, Harpo because he played the harp, Chico because he was always chasing the chicks. I have no idea what Gummo. Seppo and Gummo, well, Gummo probably was like a gum, you know. Chewing gum. Chewing gum or wore gum shoes or something, you know. Uh-huh. Um, Zeppo, you know, I don't know where the Zepp would come from, but that's where, but that's how they got all their names. Okay. So, interesting. I like to throw in that comics history is the history of America, people. But what do we think about John Romita? I and love Jeff it. Johns. I on love Superman. it. Yeah, I 
read that first the first two issues with Ulysses where it was it, one thank you Jeff Johns and John Romita for making with, it a two, uh, just a two part story right which then has led into another storyline it's, yes. it's building but if I had only had the money and, and bought those two issues I would have been totally satisfied they're like but what I love about it is that Grant Morrison's run on action was trying to shoehorn a classic version of of, of Superman into what the new Fifty Two was going to require. Uh huh. Jeff Johns's run so far you can call it a run with only three issues out. Jeff Johns and John Romita have just forget it. This is Superman. This is the essential wearing Superman. a different costume. Yeah. Now, what I loved about it was that. For once, we had an introduction of a character where we didn't find we didn't fight him for four issues before we determined that he's actually not a bad guy. He's like he's like a perfect character right off the bat. There's no no unnecessary violence, no tearing up. Well, of then the they've done the twist that he is going to because he doesn't know when to stop. Right, but and so there's so it's really an evaluation again of why Superman matters as a character. Yeah, it's uh, DC Sentry. He looks just like him. He is kind of like the Sentry. Oh, Ulysses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does look like the Sentry. Yeah. Let's not forget that the second issue of their run had a variant cover by friend of the program, Eric Larson. Oh, On that note, I, I will be right it. back. <laughs> <laughs> but I did love it because it, it it's um, in a way that Man of Steel, the movie, did not understand. And, the, and what Zack Snyder does not get about it is that, you know, why I think, especially right now, and I've had this conversation, and it's going to fl- good for Nate to leave because it's going to come back when we talk about Doctor Who, and the, the theme of Peter Capaldi's Doctor is the same is the same thing. And thing I, I try to t- teach my kids is um, that in these dark times, we need people who are inspirations, not yes. people who are threats. Yes. And I've talked to my students. You look at what happened this summer in the world, and I'm seeing headlines and terrified. And scared for the future, we need a Superman. We need a guy who says, "You know what? You can be good for goodness' sake." It makes it sound like Santa Claus. Um, you can be good for goodness' sake. You can be decent, and and it doesn't matter if the world doesn't want you to be. You should be. You can be good because you can be good. Yes, and for Jeff Johns to be getting that right now is he's shooting the top back to the top of being one of my favorite writers again because of. Of that, I've always thought he's a very clever writer, a very and, and and he's always been kind to Fanboy Planet. He was very again. I always say he was kind in the very beginning when we was starting when I was starting out, and when he was writing Flash, and nobody knew who he was. Great guy, um, and a guy who probably has had moments where power has gone to his head because he's shot. He's very big, you know, but that he got to the core of Superman, and then I'm mad because I'm not. I, I'm not mad at him. I'm like I'm mad at Warner for. You have a guy yeah. who completely understands what this character is about. So naturally, that's not the guy. Even though it's his job that you gave him, right. you won't let him have the control. What I, loved, what I loved about this book was, first off, again, bringing Ulysses first is a brilliant stroke. He's a Superman analog, but different. And so Superman has to explain himself to somebody who has the same kind of perspective and the same kind of background. At the same time, he has to explain Clark Kent to, to him. And the need and the for a secret identity. And the need for a secret identity. And the subtle difference, subtle t- 
to anyone who's just not who's not really following this, but the characterization of Clark Kent is so much better in these books too. Yes, and the appearance, every everything, every note about it, getting him back into the Daily Planet, and and even him dealing with his own notoriety in a kind of an aw shucks, but not really, not really kicking the ground. Yeah, uh, but that's that's really making the book for me. Yeah, um, I, I liked all that, and then at the end of the second issue. When you find out, and I, no spoilers, it's over a month old, that Ulysses' parents are alive. And that's yeah. why it would have ended for me, and I, I would have gone, what a perfect wrapper, yeah. wrap-up. That Clark is happy to see that, and you know there's this sadness. I still don't like that in the New 52 they killed off Jonathan and Martha again, uh-huh. because I thought that that was a great thing that, that, that John Byrne did. By, to by, have some kind of touchstone to To say that, he's al- that they're alive, it's like... Because that's the argument I've had is is that you know what makes Superman great? I mean, I know character you know that the character has been defined by those tragedies in his life, but I think when you make Jonathan Murth still alive, it points out he'd be Superman no matter what, yeah, he'd be that good, no matter what, which is the problem I kind of had with injustice, although i've I've you know uh, as a game, I'm going it makes a cool game, I totally get it, you got to do it, but that's not Superman. Mm-hmm. That's not the guy we ever knew, and he never would, you know. And that's and and, and so the, there's a fundamental flaw in the storytelling. Doesn't it doesn't mean I don't enjoy playing the game. It just means to me there's a flaw in that storytelling. Right. So, you know, there we go. Is Nate back yet? Nope. I would say not. Therefore, um, he's not even he's not even here to sing to sing the. I forgot we had fanny mail. But we actually, actually... I'll give it a try. We actually... Okay, well, it actually just asked the question that we really answered up top, which is... Uh, you don't want me to try. I, well, I'm just going to say it was Ron Talbot. I okay. want to give a shout-out to Ron because he's waiting for the next podcast. He says, I haven't seen a podcast in a while. Have you all been busy? Or is my podcast app not seeing your podcast? And it simply is, we got We've busy. We've been busy. We've been busy. And Ron, I promise I'm going to be emailing you soon. Uh, I've been busy, and I don't, I don't want to belabor it here. Um, so we wait for wait. I heard an exhale. Was that He's was back. that Nate? Okay, I'm so back. we can move on to what's in the bag. Nate, what's in the bag? What's in the bag? Excellent, Nate. It's been a while. Well, we're still going. You got to Earth Two today. Earth Two Comics and Games in Sherman Oaks. It's not Comics and Games. It's just Comics. Earth Two Comics in Sherman Oaks, California. Thank Sorry, you. I got confused between the many others. Uh, I'm still shopping at Elusive. Uh, Rick is shopping at Hijinx Comics, and you may be shopping at another one that you really like, which I want to say, hey, the comic bug is actually expanding to Culver City. They're opening a second. That's Mike Wellman, uh, who writes a great book called Guns Ablazing with uh, our friend Rafael Navarro. Cool. And so he's getting a second location, and I'm really pleased for Mike Wellman in Culver City. So anyway, what's in your bag this week, Nate? My bag has... An item. Yes. It is the 131st issue of The Walking Dead. Of The Walking Dead. <laughs> uh, let's see. Rick, in the last issue, has gone to a different community where Maggie is to see what's going on, and Carl wants to be a blacksmith, and there's a blacksmith in that community, and he's going to take Carl on as a. Apprentice. An apprentice. Oh, cool. I think it's actually really an interesting uh, blog post. Is Rick having problems with the new father figure? Uh, no, no. They, this is the 
last issue, Carl told him, hey, I want to go over and do well, this. that's and what's actually, on the cover. Rick was like, oh, yeah, let's do that. I was looking at that cover today, and I'm going, what the heck is going on there? Oh, yeah. Carl is blacksmithing with yeah. the guy behind him. But his arm's at a real weird angle, and there's it is a Yeah, it is a weird like, angle. Like, is his arm broken? Is that the story plot? Ah. Yeah. So, okay. Which did you see that, um, which is not news to us, of course, but uh, that uh, Kirkman gave an interview, something about the TV show, and said, and did admit, which, again, if you've attended Comic-Con, but this is news to the rest of the world, he has an ending for The Walking Dead in mind. He just doesn't know when he's going to do it. Uh-huh. So, you know, that, that that started going around today, like, oh, The Walking Dead might end. No. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, it might end. Well, no. Yeah, it might he end. He just knows how it will end. <laughs> yes, that's different. And hopefully he's got it locked up somewhere so that, you know, if he pulls a, what was that guy that wrote the wheel? Robert Jordan. Jordan. Yeah. Um, that someone will know how to finish it. Uh, so Well, Jordan did that, too. Well, that's what I meant. Uh, but he knew he was dying. He, he knew. You know, yeah. I was saying we were hoping that George R. R. Martin has that, too. So that that's actually the point I made. Yeah. So uh, what's in your bag, Rick? I actually didn't pick anything from this week. Well, I picked one thing from this week. Most of my stuff is from previous weeks where okay. we skipped. Fair enough. The first one on the top of the stack is Justice, Inc. from uh, Dynamite, which uh, I love the cover. It's the Avenger. I the love that Doc cover. Savage, the Alex Ross the cover. Even though it really is like stolen from every pulp. Oh yeah, uh, cover. Uh, you've yeah. got the you've got the the uh, the the uh, iconic the justice scale. You know, the scales yeah. of justice balanced out with Doc Savage and the Shadow on either side, um, and a really good book. I thought if you're going to do a combination of these three characters, yes. throwing a little time travel in there too is not a bad idea. And um, I like the idea that Benson is tied into Savage because he's a financier and. Uh, no, this I'm looking forward to the series. Yeah, well, it also it also makes Benson in a way that the pulps did not makes Benson seem like a bit of a using his powers for good before yes the uh, before the crime accident. that made him yep. into the Avenger the crime so yes. I, yeah it's not an accident well they did that on we purpose. don't know what happened well they gave backstory to make it so yes. that it, it was I mean we do know what happened it was a and it was a crime they didn't want to be discovered so they right. killed everybody. So uh, they killed his family, and so um, that's not a spoiler, by the way, people. That's like that uh, happens in the first that's book. That's sixty, seventy-four years ago. Oh my god, we you know, yeah. we're reading old stuff. Um, so that, that's a good choice. Uh, I have not had a chance to read anything. So the first, but the first thing I'll put out is because we talked about uh, Grant Morrison blowing your mind. Legendary Comics finally released something that I'm going to have to buy, uh, which is Grant Morrison and Fraser Irving, who had done the Clarion and the Witch Boy part of. Uh, Seven Soldiers of Victory right. uh, have released a new book called Annihilator. So uh, when Grant Morrison's doing a creator-owned, um, just like Happy uh, last year from Image, Grant Morrison un like unfettered he's, like he's ever fettered by continuity anyway. But Grant Morrison unfettered is he's totally fettered by continuity. He just knows how to mold it back upon avoided. itself. Um, but creating his own world is always fascinating to me. So I'm really looking forward to reading this book from Legendary. Yeah. So go back to Nate. Next up is a book celebrating its 114th issue, Invincible, number 114. So it's a Kirkman week for you. <laughs> yes, I'm... It's always I'm, a Kirkman week for you. Coming up, let's see, what was it? The 111th issue was a bold new direction. 
first issue. I think I read the joke when it first came out. I don't remember what it was. Um, basically, Robot has gone nuts, and this it came out that when he was in another dimension, he basically took over that dimension by killing all that opposed him and then creating a sort of utopia, and now his plan is to do the same thing with Earth, and Invincible just found that out at the end of the last issue, so this is the next step. I see. In how to deal with robot. All right. Okay. All right. That's the title of it? How to deal with robot. No, I just made that up. Oh, okay. How do you solve a problem like, like a robot? robot? That's all we can sing. We don't want to pay the Rodgers and Hammerstein yeah. uh, estate. Uh, so, uh, cool. What's next in your box? My next is uh, my two favorite good girls in one book. Debbie. Drawn by Joseph Michael Linzer, we have Dawn and Vampirella. And it's definitely more Dawnish than Vampirellish, uh, as far as, of course, because of the. Uh, the uh, source of the writing and illustration. Yes. Um, but uh, so you have the same kind of kind of uh, page by page. The style and the storytelling can change, and of course, there's a lot of spacey stuff in it. And uh, I have no idea how long this is going to last, but I'm going to buy every issue. So Don okay. and Vampirella again. That. Uh, we've got this by Dynamite. And intriguing. I mean, from Dynamite, which is like they're they're doing such great work. You think eventually they'll get a a booth at Comic-Con. Uh, so uh, I don't know why they don't. It's like I'd love to meet Nick Barucci. I'd love to talk to him. And he's like elusive. Everybody everybody says. Did they go to any of the shows? I've never seen them in a show. Huh. But he, they're always there. In People person. There. But never yeah. do. Everybody says, oh, yeah, you just you just miss Nick Barucci. Well, Linsner's always at all the shows. Yeah, he's at Linsner Comic. He was at Big Wow. And I've run into him many times. Yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, my next one would be uh, Edge of Spider-Verse, which, as uh, Rick pointed out, my uh, my great uh, bugbear is the lack of article. I had an, I was fine until you said it should be Edge of the Spider-Verse, and now that's all I can think about. <laughs> my um, work here is done. Edge of the Spider-Verse is what it should be, starring Spider-Man Noir. Um, I really actually enjoyed, uh, to go back to that um, spec, um, Superior Spider-Man one-shot that introduced this, that was really clever, uh-huh. um, really interesting. I like that uh, Doc Ock may actually be the guy who's saving all of the spider <laughs> Spider Men. Um, and I read the Spider Man Noir like in a trade paperback a few years ago. Not a character I'm super like. Oh, I was dying for it. But my son, it was in a game. He was in Edge of Yeah, he was, to- uh, Tomorrow uh, or Edge of Darkness, Fractured or, or Shattered Universe. Shattered Universe. That's what it's called. Okay, so. Uh, so Luke read that uh, prequel with spectacular super uh, with the Superior Spider-Man and said, "You know, I think I remember that guy from a game." And so he was really excited to see that. And you know, and actually, which you know should make a father, a comic book nerd, proud. As my son said, "Dad, I think I'm ready for Superior Spider-Man now." No, you know, wow. uh, he's an interesting character, and recognizing the difference in that arrogance and still finding it Spider-Man. You know, and so. Um, once again, really well done, David Hine. I mean, I I, I don't know this, uh, but I'm looking forward to it. David Hine, the writer on this, uh, whose work I've kind of enjoyed. He did that uh, Madrox book years ago, uh, and worked on a, on a, at least one iteration of X Factor. So I, I really like like him as a writer. So it should be interesting. So 
Nate, uh, yeah, back to Nate. My last book is also spider-centric. It's Amazing Spider-Man, number six. Why? It's here on the top of my full stack. Uh, I actually just read it while we were waiting to start the podcast. Yes. And it's filled with Spider-Man-y goodness. Mm. <laughs> How are you feeling about Have they given the new female character a name? I've forgotten. Silk. Silk, Silk yeah. that's right. That's right. How are you feeling about the Silk storyline? Uh, it's good. I'm just waiting for her to turn <laughs> now, into the a villain. Thing, and, and this is a separate issue with Silk, because I don't expect you to have the answer, but uh, some speculation that by creating Silk, uh, she may be a character that the Marvel Cinematic Universe has access to. Oh, so a way to put spider powers into in, the Avengers, into the Avengers down the road, without you know having to pay off Sony. Right, right. The right. other argument is Spider Woman maybe as well. I'm not sure how that works. She was created separately, and she's actually been. I mean, Spider-Man's been an Avenger, but she was an Avenger long before right. he was. Right, and she was created in order to stop somebody from creating, uh, which became on the filmation, was Web Woman. They were going to call oh. her Spider-Woman, and Marvel did. Just as the same reason why there was a She-Hulk. They were very right. afraid that Universal would just create a She-Hulk without them. So, um, anyway, so that's excellent. I'm looking forward to reading that. That's there on my stack. Rick, what's next in your bag? The last the book in my bag is Grendel versus Shadow. And I know you never enjoyed uh, the Grendel, I, but I think you started with the second series. Well, this is like with Christine Spar. I enjoyed it. It just never got... It just didn't get under my skin the way it clearly has. I would recommend people. going back to the first one, which is the Hunter Rose stuff, yeah. which is so much more... Um, there's so much more... Um, Story and uh, just essence of uh, all of all of what Mac Wat- Matt Wagner can do for a story in that, and in this one, this one starts off with uh, the Hunter Rose character uh, ac- finding an old vase and uttering a spell that was trapped in the vase, and ending up back in the 1930s. Okay, which puts well, him puts sense. him in puts sure, him in the shadows sure. backyard. No, you know, I think Matt Wagner's a good writer, but he's but. I'm going to admit, I, I've got to admit that overall, like, when I finally read Mage, I was like, well, it's okay. Hmm. You know, I, and I think it's just one of those, I missed the timing of it. You know, when it first came out, I was not, and the same thing with Grendel is, that I picked up the second one and went, oh, it's interesting, but I just, you know, it just, it just didn't get to me. Now, maybe if I had discovered at the very beginning when it was happening, which only sometimes happened for me in the 80s. Yeah. You know, like, I, I'd stumble across a book. Uh, you know, well, well, one, Mr. Monster at Comic-Con, I was able to meet Michael T. Gilbert and bought the book and I made Luke read it, uh, the, the origin of Mr. Monster and he, which I, I want to give credit to it is that he said, uh, I don't read, I, my son does not like to read black and white books. And, and I said, no, we were on a long car ride. I think you'll enjoy it. And at the end he went, I'm so glad you made me read that. It's funny because I, I wonder sometimes if it's if our sensibilities and our standards of change for comics or what or, or if it was just because it was such a new type of storyline back then it just blew our minds because I remember I really loved the Max which came out about the same time as as Grendel I mean in that same with give uh, or take a few, five years five years yeah um, 
and I went a, back. It and, was a, an image comic. Yeah, but I went back and I tried to reread it, and it just wasn't doing it for me then. But I remember like picking oh, out yeah, every time no, I pick I up a new Max, issue. I had all I had the bag of Isses from Scott, Mc, yeah. from Todd McFarlane. Um, you know, and, then, and that is the thing. It's like it, it, I say it's like it's like showing Citizen Kane to a teenager now, right? And you go, I love Citizen Kane, but I'm a person, and I realize I'm not. I'm not in the majority of the population who goes, I appreciate what Citizen, what he did in Citizen Kane that nobody had done before. Mm-hmm. But from the perspective of someone who has seen this done a thousand times because every movie that followed that was worth its salt was trying what Orson Welles was doing, it seems cliched to them. Right. And the effects are not great. The makeup is like, oh, it's kind of laughable now. Yeah. But when you realize what they were trying to achieve... And I understand that most people approaching won't do that. And I think the same thing happens with comics. It's like Carr said a couple of years ago on the Carr cast that he worried that Alan Moore was of a time, that he was so groundbreaking and everybody copied it so slavishly that if somebody going to Watchmen now or going to be for Vendetta now or um, what's that, or Marvel Man when you, or Miracle Man, when you go to Miracle Man, so much of that has been copied that does it seem like why is this guy copying right. whatever right. else? You know, and that's when you have to. You know, like a film student will study not only the films but also the history and what had come before, right. and what the new, like Max Lubitsch, for example. But what I accept is, you know, and Michael Goodson, who founded um, Family Planet with me, and was on the, you know, on the podcast in the early days, right? Is um, we say he's always made this joke about, you know, you need to join us among the new skins who like, uh, you know, shed it. Uh, oh, it says more like this. Uh, you should join the new skins. I haven't made that fun of him like that for so long. Um, that that you know, he doesn't necessarily remember. He's not necessarily into the history. And again, I'm just one right. of those people that when I get into something, I want to go back and I want to find out what was the history, how did it develop, and you know. So I get that people don't. And right. so it's, it's interesting looking at something as an entertainment and something you really want to appreciate deeply. I love the art form. That's why yeah. I give you the thing about Sherlock or the monkey and. I had at school this year, the robotics team said, well, their first project was they had to do a Rube Goldberg machine. And I said to the kid who told me that, I said, do you know what a Rube Goldberg, why it's called a Rube Goldberg machine? And she said, no. And I said, well, it's a comic strip. Rube Goldberg was an artist, and they uh, and they give a, a, an award in his name every year. And, and the, to these students who now, of course, they're in a culture where Comics are huge again, and by the way, comic sales have gone up, and there and graphic novel sales, and stores are more stores are opening, and they're attributing it to we're in another a halcyon age of comics acceptance, but they don't know the past, and they said, and even the the person who was assigning the assignment of a Rube Goldberg machine, I told her this adult, you know, right. that's why it's called that, and she went, what, you know, and I said, I, I got to find some strips for you, yeah, and but. To imagine a time when when comics were that powerful in the American psyche that this phrase is left. It's like, but it's I know the comedy of action and reaction. It's what I keep. Is, but I, I keep. I tell. I joke to students. It's like, like my world touches all of yours. You'd have nothing without <laughs> comics. You know, and my. And they third, probably still don't appreciate. They you don't. Enough. They do, no. They do. But the, uh, <laughs> I'll talk about that off the air, man. We'll cry. Um, my third book I was going to pull was going to say the you know Captain Carrot at Showcase, but really I I realized I hadn't got a chance to talk about how good and I'm going to admit it much better than IDW ever did it. Titans Doctor Who books are 
fantastic. So this is the second issue of Matt Smith's. Uh, 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 they're running co- concurrently. Uh, the 10th and 11th Doctor books. They've had two issues out of each. I haven't read the second issue of the I've Matt Smith. To this. But the first issue of both of those books, the David Tennant and Matt Smith, felt perfectly like the best of those of what made those character those different doctors interesting. They're going to release a Peter a twelfth Doctor one soon. Um, I advise you if you are a Doctor Who fan to give it a try. These are great episodes that never happened. And apparently they have no small number of alternate covers. I don't covers. like the alternate cover thing, but they just have different t- tones and different teams, and they make it clear where in between episodes these happen. So doc- so the Matt Smith Doctor Who happens after Rory and Amy got married. So they're before they get to go on their honeymoon, he left them alone for a while. Ah, He's so traveling it's not and creates brain. a new companion. And it's uh, just a charming, charming book. On the back of that, there's an ad for the big, uh, what is it, big... Big Finish. Big Finish Productions. I have to get this. And this is a Paul McGann. I've got the first uh, two episodes of this that I've listened to. I'll be able to pick the rest of them up. Um, but Paul McGann did, has done a lot of work with Big Finish to well, fill out Doctor, well, you know, Doctor Who storylines. That's why when they did the, um, the, the Night of the Doctor, the uh-huh. little five-minute, right. and he raises his chalice and says something to his companions, there was a big excitement that that meant that right. all the big finish... Because the, the sisters are mentioned in this story. Well, and, and, they're, and they're way back when, so right. in the 80s. But, but no, more importantly, that all the companions that have been in the big finish audio dramas, right. because he didn't have any companions, they never went further. They've well, they all had become, one companion. They had the one the companion there. They've all been made canon right. because he apologizes to all the Every characters one from the big yes. finish. So, you know, that was fun. And, you know, again, I rewatched it with my kids about a month ago because uh, I bought the Blu-rays of, of the, the uh, Day of the Doctor. And, um, and dang, I really wish. And, and Moffat, won't, uh, yeah, Moffat won't do it is I wish that he got that they would just do like six episodes. Yeah, just do a miniseries. Do a miniseries of the Eighth Doctor yeah, because yeah. he could still play it. He'd still be amazing. He's an incredibly charming actor. Yeah. But that's we're going to go ahead because we can't bore Nate too many times in one episode. <laughs> Let's go. We should go to movies. movies. Let us begin up top with there is a loss in the film world, an icon, really an iconic character, and a guy that's been on the convention circuit and had encounters. I'm not going to lie and say I was a super fan of his, but he was at so many conventions. You know, you, you just, had to be a super fan of his because you, you, if you watched. Any of the James Bond movies from those that time period. The Roger Moore, yeah. So we're gonna know Richard Keel. We got word before just before the podcast uh, we started recording. Richard Keel passed away somewhere in California. I think they said maybe Fresno, mm-hmm. um, or he was treated recently in a hospital in Fresno. But I think he died at home. It's only seventy two. He's not in great shape. Yeah. If you ever saw him at the conventions, no, and, a, I wanna, yeah. and I want to say like I never I never talked to him in anything other than a how's it going. I never approached him as a fan. I just approached him because we were often, for a little while, you know, um, just appearing. At the, you know, not, I wasn't appearing, together. but we were often in the same space. Big Wow, especially because he's he has been a big supporter of Big Wow every year. He was at WonderCon up in San Francisco. He's at WonderCon down in Anaheim. He's at you know Comic Con every year. He was not in great health, uh, and then I finally read why. Apparently, he had been in a car accident, suffered a head injury in '92. It caused him to uh, walk with a cane and then need a scooter. Um, he, walking very clearly caused him pain. 
Oh. Very clear. It was a balance issue, but it was you know there was just you could sense he was a man in pain, but he still came out and he was great. With and kids. you would always oh, yes, and so I feel that loss to see a guy like that who you're right was young. I don't know that he'd had would have had much of a film career ahead of him still, but but definitely on the convention center, one of the nicest people I've ever encountered. So I feel that that loss today yeah. of a guy that was a face. It's not that we were friends. It's not that we ever talked. But, you know, other than, again, a, hey, how's it going? We'd bump into each other in line for food or, yes, once awkwardly in the men's room. You know, and you're kind of like, <laughs> let's say it. Let's be honest. But, like, coming out the door while he was let's going in. Let's not be in, any more honest than that. No. Coming out the door while he was going in and then just, a, okay. hey, how's the show going for you? And, you know, but just and ta- but taking the time. And, yes, great with kids. For a guy who honestly could have looked scary to some kids. Yeah. Because, you know, he was Jaws in uh, Spy Who Loved Me and Moonraker. Um, one of the few, probably not the only, but one of the few uh, characters who got to recur in the James Bond canon. Uh, because they certainly didn't intend him to, but after Spy Who Loved Me, Jaws was so clearly the most popular character out of that movie that they had to bring him back. And for Moonraker being a somewhat silly movie in hindsight, it's kind of cool to see Jaws. So. He also was on, uh, when they... Back in that day, they do like little TV uh, mini promotional things, half-hour shows, just before the movie was going to yeah. start out. And I know he was in a couple of those. Yeah, and uh, he's also in one of the early um, teenage caveman uh, movies from AIP. Oh my, Kriga. Uh So let's find that and then pop that in the uh, in the old VCR uh, or DVD player, if you must. You know, so I mean, he was knocking around Hollywood a long time before he got this role in Midnight. And I read he, he was actually Doctor Lovelace's assistant on right. Wild, Wild Wild West, West which yeah. I don't remember at all. Yeah, but that's one of those series I got to get. You know, a DVD. And set. we're talking about the original one. I don't know what movie remake that's horrible that you're talking about because that d- didn't exist. Well, there was a, there was there was I'm, for, I'm blanking on the guy's name. Um, Paul Williams played Miguelito Love. No, no, no. Son, the, 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 uh, the original actor playing Jim West. Uh, Robert Conrad. Conrad. Conrad did the series, and then they they made two movies after No, I that. know. That's what, and Paul Williams played Dr. Loveless. And those weren't as bad as the, the Wild Wild West. No. I, I don't know what movie you're talking <laughs> about, because that movie was horrible and doesn't exist. Yes. Um, those re, those, those I just re- want to be clear for anybody who might be confused. No, about but, the, because, uh, but Loveless, Dr. Loveless wasn't in this, because unfortunately right. Michael Dunn had already passed away. You had Paul Williams Paul playing Williams the, playing Love, the son, son of Dr. Loveless. And did a great one, job. And then Victor Buono played the villain in the other one yeah which is one of my because i did not i just got satellite radio thanks nate and i listened to one <laughs> of the comedy welcome. channels i didn't know that victor buono had a stand-up career and i heard a cut of victor buono and it was like uh you know it was mildly funny it's like a nightclub act and people yeah. were just like you know laughing hysterically because they'd had the two drink minimum but it was clever and it was just kind of it was just it's always fun to hear his voice because i love king tut on Batman, you know, and I love him in whatever happened to Baby Jane and even Man from Atlantis. And so when he was on that on Wild Wild West. Oh, man, I thing, forgot he was like, in Man from Atlantis. Yeah, he was the recurring uh, yeah. villain in that. And then he was a villain on the Wild Wild West Revisited. So, but I love that series. And, you know, to know that about Richard Keel was very interesting. So, you know, that is a loss uh, of a kind man. And I feel like, yep. you know, this is one of those. I'm, I'm going through a period right now where I'm like, you know, the world can probably use more kind men. Uh, so I'm going to feel the loss of people that that were that you just knew were good people. 
So uh, that's that. What do we have next on the dock? Next uh, is uh, apparently people are shocked that there's not going to be an Iron Man four. I don't know why. I do know why, <laughs> but um, you know, but it's interesting, and I, I want to point out. Yes, Robert Downey Jr. gave some interview where he offhandedly said, "No, you know, I'm not going to do." Although, and because the headline, there are no plans, because the articles have been what? Well, first of all, there are no plans that that we know of. But there are plenty of plans. But there are plenty no of plans. There are no plans for an Iron Man four. I, you know, I they have to decide what he's going to do because he's because because he he's also saying like, well, you know, I can't play this forever. I have to turn it over at some point. Yeah. But I think the way they've done the Marvel Cinematic Universe is, you know, like I said, I think I've said this on podcast before. Eventually, this universe is going to end and reboot cinematically because it's going to because it's going to age out. Yeah, it's telling one long story. I don't know what that story, where that story is going, except Thanos, you know, and and beyond maybe, and Howard the Duck finally gets home to Duck World. Um, <laughs> Adam Warlock and Magnus, maybe I would love that. I know you would. Oh, Magus. we saw Isn't Adam Warlock. Magnus. Uh, what's it called? Which which one is okay, uh, his so, pod? Yeah. So there was a joke yes. in X Factor about uh, they fought Magnus, and one of the guys says. The the techno uh, virus guy or the the Adam Warlock uh, future? No, the uh, the future one. I thought he was Magus, but I will have to look it up because that could be bad editing too. I'm not sure. I'm yeah, not, I'm not going to argue it with you right now. Okay. I thought it was Magus. We knew who I was. Okay. I, but I do it know who's talking about. The, uh, I'm going to look it up right now. I will tell you that if that if Marvel the cinematic universe manages to go to something as mind blowing as a and a character as minor in the larger scheme of things, as it's all about. Adam Warlock facing down against his future, crazy, crazy future, future self. self. Um, yeah, it's Magus, M-A-G-U-S. It is okay, Magus. Magus. Okay. okay. Um, which actually I think Warlock's, the other Warlock, the Techno, is Magus, is as, Magus well. as well. Yeah. They have the same names. They borrowed them. Um, it's actually the Magus. The Magus, yes. So, uh, For which there have been three incarnations. Well, just like there's a future, what is the, the Hulk's future version? The, the Maestro. Maestro. The Maestro, yes. Yeah. Yeah, Still in the same, the same concept there. Um, but he, he has said, he said, you know, it's like he's got to give it over at some point. But he gave this other interview in Vanity Fair, which I actually read some of it. and almost makes me want to buy the Vanity Fair because he was talking about how you talk about a transition in, in an actor's ego because they're starting about how, like, you know, He's had this great comeback story and this reinventing himself. And then he said, it's like, Marvel is like a fraternity. He says, when I started, yeah, I thought I was the guy. And then he realizes, there are all these other movies that have done better than me. It's an honor to have been the guy that started, but I can't screw up. This is a big, this is so much bigger than me, and I'm just part of it. Yeah. And and you've seen him at convention appearances and videos. That he is he gives, absolutely he gives pleased more, to be the spokesperson. He will point to other people more than to himself. He's actually not the ego you'd think. Yeah. And he might be as well, but it's interesting. But, you know, when we're talking about Howard the Duck and, and, and talking about the cocoon appearing, did you see the thing about what about the cameo James Gunn wanted Stan Lee to have in Guardians of the yes. Galaxy? Yes. I heard about it. Yes. that they And, and he has a photo, a still photo, and, and Marvel wouldn't allow him to do it. Uh, or Disney wouldn't allow them to do it, which was to make Stan be in the collector's collection, which I thought... That would have been brilliant. Yeah. Just finally let Stanley be Stanley. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then the rumor was that they wouldn't let him do it because of what he wanted him to do. But he's like, no, that's not why. They just didn't think it would work. Yeah, um, it might have taken us too far out. It, it, it really might have. Um, but it's interesting enough. So 
I'm I'm very you know conversely with Robert Downey Jr. is that somebody was interviewing Chris I think MTV was interviewing Chris Evans and they were saying like you know who do you think is going to take your place it's like hey, hey wait a minute don't <laughs> don't be in a hurry to give it away you know and I think and he's very excited about what little he knows right now about Captain America three and you know it'll be interesting and to Avengers three and you know so but I, you can you can see Downey uh, Downey is in a new movie with Robert Duvall the juror the jury no the judge the, the judge. judge. And there's an interview with with the two of them, and Duvall is not Duvall's getting up there, and he's yeah. he's he's a little, little he's he's still good through the whole interview, but Downey is talking mostly about Duvall and other people through all this. I mean, it's it's really I mean, yeah. the, the man has nothing. I've I've nothing but respect for the no, guy. No, you know the thing is, and we can say it again, and we probably said it before, is I knew. He was one of those people, and it rarely happened. I saw the people that I, I felt that way when I was a, when I was in college. When they talk about the electricity of John Malkovich, and I finally saw John Malkovich in a role, I was like, oh, I get what you're saying. And Downey, when he was 17 and 18, and even on Saturday Night Live, you knew mm-hmm. there was something weird but special about him. He just didn't fit on Saturday Night Live. Right, right, right. And you see movies with him and go, fine. And then when he, came, you know, when he had his first comeback, kind of like, when we showed up on Ally McBeal, and it's like, well, you just made this show interesting. interesting yes. And, and Wonder Boys, that movie with Michael Douglas and Tobey Maguire, and Downey, and I would say, like, over and over. And he was in Chaplin. It was fantastic. Chaplin's not a great movie. I love Chaplin. But he's fantastic in that yeah. role. And, and and I argued for many years, you know, and and, I, and Lon Lopez finally finally copped to it, was when, when they announced that he was Iron Man, he says, I don't think it's a good choice. And I said, Lon, it's the most brilliant choice they could have made you give this man a chance because he is the greatest actor of his generation forget johnny depp they're about the same age i like johnny depp johnny depp's an interesting actor too and i keep seeing hearing people talk about depp being the greatest actor of his generation no downey is the greatest actor of his his generation because he plays two torture geniuses in two franchises sherlock holmes and iron man and he makes their torture different you watch those sherlock holmes movies which are a little long and a little flawed, but interesting because you see a guy who is frustrated. Why can't everybody else catch up with me? Yeah, and it's different than the Tony Stark who totally enjoys being the smartest guy guy in the room. And you feel Sherlock doesn't want to be the smartest guy in the room. He's tired of being the only one who's as smart as he is. Right, which then makes the whole Moriarty thing make more sense. You know, so I gotta watch the Game of Shadows again. I watched the Game of Shadows just last week. <laughs> yeah, so you know, love him, loving Chris Evans. So happy that he's happy to be Captain America because he's amazing as Captain America, and I can't imagine anybody else being it. Which I thought that was a weird choice when they made it. And Downey is apparently the one who made him do it. He didn't mm-hmm. want to do it, and Downey talked him into it. And there's a guy. Downey understands his place in the franchise, and see, seeing himself as the leader helps get other people. Both in the storyline and in real life. Please hold on to it. Please hold on to the role long enough so that Chris Pratt goes up against Robert Downey Jr. in the Avengers Guardians of the Galaxy crossover. Because those two will be an amazing scene. Just one scene. Like De Niro and Pacino in Heat. Just one scene. Pratt's kind of the man at a time from the 80s. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, it should be fascinating. So, there's that. Uh, Flip side... What do we got? Is there any news in the DC? We were going to talk about. We we're going to talk about uh, the Rock. I definitely smell what you're cooking, the Rock. Which is like no surprise. <laughs> I mean, I can't. I couldn't believe the people were going. He's going to play Captain Marvel, like or Shazam, as they have to call him now. And I think no, he is Black Adam, and he's smart enough, and he's at a yeah. point in his career where he's smart enough to know 
he needs to be Black Adam. The tortured character, if the script is right, yeah, he'll be one of those villains like, which they did effectively make for most of Man of Steel, Zod. You sort of understood where Zod was coming from. Black Adam is a much more complex character. I think Zod, you had to you had to think about it for a couple of days after the movie but to pick up the, the notes. Black Adam, you'll see that yeah. torture. And even I noticed in Forever Evil, they brought him back around to where he'd been before New 52 started of, no, no one's going to be a slave. Mm-hmm. He's just got ancient old world viewpoints. He's a little megalomaniacal, but he has he's, a point. He's more than a little arrogant. Yeah, yeah, but he has a point. Yeah. And... He's doing the right thing. He wants to do what he perceives as the right thing, going about it the wrong way, and which I think makes the best villains in modern time, and you know makes a very layered character. Which means that whoever they cast is Billy Batson, okay. And I'm going to put out there again, and I know I'll actually a lot of sites and a lot of magazines have started mentioning Brandon, sort of in hindsight, because Brandon Mullally. The problem is he's not a big star; he's almost a dead ringer for the way Captain Marvel has been portrayed most of the 70 or so years that he's been a, been a character. But he's an actor who could handle the, the funny. And the honest thing is when you've got Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, in there, you don't need a star to be Shazam. You need somebody can, who, who can, can stand up, at who the can same, look like yeah. he can stand up to Dwayne Johnson and who will become a star as a result. And I'll tell you... Um, they need presence. He's got presence, and as as an acquaintance, I won't call him friend, but we are acquaintances on Facebook, um, you know, and we chat occasionally. He's a nice guy who absolutely well, who isn't in Hollywood, right? You know, well, many, I'm sure, but it's a break a guy like him really deserves. He's been knocking around for a long time, being the muscle in a lot of in a lot of shows where it needed action. He was on Agents of Shield. He was killed yeah. off, you know, pool, poolside scene. Pool. That's right, you know, but just. A, another a really good guy and you can see it in the interview we did with him lawn shot with me at comic-con and and that he introduced himself to me you know and and it's just a, just a super guy who deserves a break yeah and it's the break of a lifetime and he's the guy for the role I you know just, i think it's it's an interesting movie concept too just from the storyline because it's not a repeat of a lot of other stories you've had the superman luther showdown where you have the man with all the power and all the goodness and then the man who has the financial yeah. and technological power yeah. and and he's using it for his own personal gain um but it's like his uh, superman's how do you have those two fight whereas in this one you have just diametrically opposed well, attitudes not only that they're you know and you, power uh, right they're evenly matched power wise and they're also the thing is if you play Billy as like a twelve-year-old, mm-hmm. a twelve-year-old is going to have a much more black and white. They're going to have different approaches to a very black and white morality, and so, so Black Adam is going to be a character who seems like it's a no-brainer. He's a bad guy, so a twelve-year-old has to go up against this idea that maybe things aren't as clear-cut. Right. as they seem. Right. Oh, that could be a nice complication. And that could be a really interesting complication. I don't yeah. know if that's where they're going, but I could see that thematically being something very interesting. Yeah. And I think, again, Brandon could capture, depending on who they cast as as Billy, could capture that idea of a boy in a man's body. There's a great playfulness to that character, especially you know in, in kind of his highest profile roles, uh, is uh, Mr. Deeds. He's the football player that, um, that uh, Adam Sandler gets ticked off at. 
and um, and uh, it was the other. He's in dodgeball. He's one of the Cobras. Uh, ah. So you know, just watch that if you will. Uh, did you? Yeah. yeah. So I got to watch that. I, that that Blu-ray is like screaming at me, like it's time to watch this again. It's actually, which is weird. It holds up really well. A funny dang movie. Okay, so uh, we're looking forward to Shazam, which is also, by the way, being produced by New Line. It's not going to be in the larger DC cinematic universe. Ah, good. I which, think that's good. You know what? It's like no. The, the one thing they could have said that was going to give me hope <laughs> for the movie is. Oh, yeah. It's not part of <laughs> David S. Goyer. I think that's really good. Yeah. It's going to be a standalone. Yeah. And that I think that DC needs to take that tack. I think if you're going to do Metal Men, as they've talked about, Metal Men should be alone. Yeah. And There's no reason not to. Yeah. It's, it's an older style, but that's what's going to make it work for DC. And you can have a, you can have a universe that is always been surprised by these types of characters showing yeah. up in them. They have to say, oh, well, it's like, wait, I mean, it is takes, that Superman? And it or? takes it back to the roots because... Originally, Captain Marvel was part of his own. Was the beginning of his own comic book universe. Fawcett. Well, I don't think they called it Fawcett City, but DC retroactively right. made it because of it being from Fawcett. But it was. It was his own little world. There were no right. other superheroes. He didn't know anybody. You can go back to that. Yeah. That's the baggage they except all carried. for Superman in the first issue. Uh, no, 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 no. I mean, talking about Wiz Comics back in nineteen. Right, right. No, I'm talking about the DC relaunch. No, I, I understand yeah. that you. But he's not actually in the first story. Superman? Superman's on the cover. He's not in the book. I thought he was in the book. Nope. Too. Nope. Billy has been caught in Savannium okay. for 20 years. They've been in this bubble. That's and right. And he comes back, and it's like there is no crossover. They don't meet until later. There's a, there's a bigger... Because they were on a separate Earth. No, I, I, I remember. I, I, they, they were... It was like an Earth 3 or... And an, if, Earth S. Earth and S, if, yeah. And if, in fact, Nate recalls, this became a crucial question in the pro-fan <laughs> trivia contest at Comic-Con <laughs> this year. Uh it, but it was not just another Earth and another guy. It was a dimensional difference. It was, a, yeah. yeah. It was, well, it was like Earth 1, Earth 2. I, just, I do remember. I, re- I had not read the character prior, uh, prior to that, except in the Superheroes uh, hardback book. Uh, which only had one page. Yeah. And so that was my that was my first introduction to him. And, and I read all those issues. Did you get the Shazam in the 40s through the 70s? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, which was great. That was my, I, I don't know where that book is. I, it's a tragedy. I have no idea where those hardbacks are. The Batman in thir- from the 30s to the 70s and the Superman one. But so much of what I know nerd-wise of those characters is, yeah, great comic book heroes by Jules Pfeiffer, right. which is reprinted without any of the comic book stories. And Steranko's two volumes. I, but I never read Steranko's oh. stuff. So, um, But I read those other things obsessively, you know. I got chicken pox. My parents bought me the Shazam book, and I just like – so I know mm. all this Marvel family stuff. And just in case anybody ever wants to give me a gift, the 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 thing I want, uh, I, I, you know, I want a Green Hornet original Captain Action figure, but uh, Fawcett put out competitors to the Big Little books. And I'm a Big Little book collector, and I've never actually seen any of their comp- competitor books, oh. which are dime that are called dime action books. And they were there was a Shazam, a Bullet Man. And a Spy Smasher dime action book, and I've never seen any of them. Wow! And I go, you know, I go when I see at, at, when you see you the know, I've at, seen at you. antique fairs and stuff, and I always have to stop and see. I can't afford any of them, but I want to know, and I've never seen them. So if anybody knows, you know, I just like I'm to, looking at them right now. You bastard! No, I want to see them in real life. I, you know, I was tempted too. Lee's Comics got a collection, and they got a copy of the Laughing Dragon of Oz, which is written by L. Frank Baum's son. It's a big wow. little book. 
They're actually on the Big Little Books website, biglittlebooks.com well, slash sure, Fawcett. Because there's no official Big Little Book anymore. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. They, it was a Whitman publishing company thing, and then a couple people used the trademark. And, in fact, for a while, Chronicle Books was doing Star Wars as Big Little Books, calling them Mighty Heroes books, I think. I have them. I think and, I have those over and there. And there's a, a Hercules and a Xena. And, it, you know, and it's not, the story's never good. I just love the format. Love yeah, the stories the are pretty weak inside. I love the format. If somebody wants to revive those, I would buy those in a heartbeat again. Um, so anyway, uh, what else is in movies? Is that it? Well, that's it for movies this week. So we go right into TV. Because there's a lot of TV stuff. I mean, I, we're going to keep it short in far, as, far as, yeah. as far as topics, but content is huge. Shield. Real quick. Yeah, go ahead. I'm about to uh, step away for a moment again, but... Oh, we'll talk about Doctor Who first, then. On eBay, 10 vintage dime Western West comic pulp magnet, blah, 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 blah. $89 or best offer for a collection of 10. That's not bad. Of dime action books? No, these aren't dime action okay. books. They're big little. No, they're not even big little. They're just Western pulps. They're vintage dime Western comics. These oh. jerks... Yeah, it's a this is what thing. I don't like about eBay: people that add every single word to their yes, the title description. Yeah, that's a different to, thing. Yeah. But I appreciate. God bless it you, is, Nate. It is a different thing. Hey, God bless you. Yeah, let's talk Doctor Who. Let's. Oh, talk here Doctor. you go, Shazam Dime Action Book. I'm just kidding. I wanted Derek to get excited. <laughs> <laughs> just shut up, man. Just shut up. <laughs> go do what you got to do. Bye for Pamper now. Coco. Just for that, <laughs> Doctor Who. Doctor Who. All right, so we've had three episodes so far. Have you watched Robot of Sherwood? Yes. Okay. Um, I'll try to keep it brief just in case Nate comes back quickly. Uh, I'm absolutely loving the overall theme that is emerging. Yeah. And I've talked about, and I hope I'm, I'm in a sensitive time, um, that when Matt Smith said goodbye and I realized that without getting too deep into my personal life, Matt Smith, aside from being the doctor that I shared with my son first, the idea of the protector of children came at a time when I needed the idea that they'd be taken care of. And now, as I'm uh, making other transitions in my life and reflecting back on what I've accomplished in my career, the fact that the question is, have you been a good man? And looking back, mm-hmm. and I loved what Robot of Sherwood did thematically. I don't think, I will agree, I haven't been able to run the articles yet, but Drew Simchick reviewed them, and he says, it's not really super funny, it was not, he didn't like it, but I love the concept. And I love that that's the question of, it doesn't really matter if you, you know, as long as you're faking it. My favorite line was, I'm as real as you are. Yeah. Um, and the legend, the idea of, it's good, you know, that Robin Hood deciding, it's good that I'm a legend. Yeah. Because you can't tear a legend down. You have to be inspired. And I thought, and it was great. I turned to my son and said, you see, that's what I'm talking about. You know, is that, you know, that's, I have my issues with Moffat. I think Moffat's a little tired. It's very clear from the preview in the next episode. We're repeating that. Look out of the corner of your eye. We're repeating ideas. Maybe it's time to get, let somebody else. I mean, because he's been doing it for five years. I think it, I think it's, it's good that we had him for so long. Yeah, and I think he will inspire the next writer to 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 raise the bar. Again. I'm not saying we know anything. I'm not saying we have inside information. I'm not saying I don't like Stephen Moffat. I like Stephen Moffat, but we know eventually he's going to stop writing it. And I think, but I th- and I think we're approaching the time that he probably should before it gets yeah it, it gets too bad. But um, I've had my I didn't re- the first episode uh, of uh, breathe right. Um, the second half I really liked. The first half I, I I had a problem with with Clara Clara being the one. 
I didn't like the interrogation of Clara, although I did like the end of it, the result of it when she jumped back at, uh, at the robot, Vastra. Oh, oh, that, yeah. yeah. See, I, yeah, I had issues with with that whole thing. I didn't think that Clara is the of all the companions that she's the one well, who I, who should balk at a new face. I thought it was I thought it was serving a kind of underhanded purpose of telling all the fangirls to get over the fact that no, there's I, an older doctor. Oh, I know exactly why they did it, but yeah. she was the wrong character to do it with. Sure. And, and and that's why it was good to have her jump back at it. Yeah. So it wasn't it wasn't just a total spanking. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And then the second one uh was uh Oh, what was the second? It was the inside second the Dalek. Was, yeah. Uh, into the Dalek. Um interesting. Not great, again, but interesting as far as uh, highlighting the character, this new Doctor who is darker. And we'll do, I mean, the very crucial line of, he was dead already, I was just saving the rest of us. Yes. Is, this is a Doctor who will do what it takes. Um, and then and then to be absolutely comedic, and uh, with the robot of Sherwood and, and the ego going back, uh, reminding me a lot of, now that I've seen, which is the Doctor that I fear I'm probably the most like, the sixth. Of like Colin Baker, who was is clearly defined by you lucky little mortals. You don't know who you have, and that there are these flashes of that in Capaldi's is very interesting to me. I, I was getting annoyed with the the bickering in the prison cell between the, the doctor. I don't like banter. the doctor do and banter. and. But what what brought it all home for me was when when Clara was no longer there and, and they were both going, you know, I'm really glad Clara wasn't here to see that. <laughs> and then the scene after that when they're walking out and you're going, they're walking out? How did this happen? And you realize they're carrying the stone <laughs> that they were they're shackled to. That was great. It was a good, it, it, so far so good. I, you know, not, not fantastic. I haven't seen an episode that's like, I'm going to be watching that over and over again. Although I might actually, as much as people are irritated, by it, I might watch Robot of Sherwood because it led me to something else. So the guy that played Robin, Robin Hood, is the guy who is the lead in Da Vinci's Demons on Stars. Oh yeah. So I gave Da Vinci's Demons a try this okay. weekend. I watched the first episode because yeah. the whole season's on demand. Set free of, well, al- allowing David S. Goyer to create his own reality and uh-huh. universe. He's good. I saw. I, I enjoyed the pilot of Da Vinci's Demons. I haven't gone further, but it was interesting. And that actor who played Rob, Robin Hood and plays Leonardo Da Vinci is, I really, even though I had read it, that this the guy playing Robin Hood was from Da Vinci's Demons, I didn't put it together watching the show that it was well, the so same guy. Yeah, it's because and and he acts so differently, yes. and so just great. It was funny. I was in a I was in a panel on a panel in uh, Dublin. Where they at the, at the Shamrock Con, and they were what they did. They did some really cool things where they would choose three television shows that people should be watching if they weren't, and they'd have three different advocates for the show, and they'd show uh-huh. the previews, and they showed the ones for Da Vinci's Demons, and and uh, and I actually like you. I think I'm going to go back and watch the first season, and the second season looks really cool. Yeah, so but, I'm really into. I, I got into that as a result of Doctor Who. So good. Flip side, after Doctor Who, are you watching Intruders yet? Not yet. It's a little confusing. Now, I was yeah. tired both both nights I watched it, so I, I could have been partially my exhaustion, but I felt like it was trying so hard to be freaky, and it's uh, created by, not David Wong, the other uh, Wong's partner, Glenn Morgan, 
from uh, X-Files. Uh-huh. And they were responsible for some of what I considered some of the best X-Files episodes. Um, but it's it's trying so hard to be like this big conspiracy. It's the one with the little girl. and Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and James Frain, who I've loved in every show I've ever watched, even even that bat, The Cape. Uh, I thought James Frain was great as chess. This is the first show I've not liked James Frain in. Hmm. And it, it's, so it's just kind of, I, I'm going to give it another, I may, may rewatch. I'm going to watch the third episode and see if something clarifies. Flip side, because I realize you can watch the, the other show I watched this summer, The Leftovers. I love The Leftovers. And uh, so I haven't watched the season finale yet, but I just thought... Is it over? What a fantastic... We went to American television, yes. yes. So so I'm going to recommend that. The next one we talk about, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Which, of course, oh. we knew some things, but they revealed some of their cast, and then they revealed... Yeah, they, we, they announced yesterday that Haley Atwell would be uh, in the first episode of season two of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. We were like, wow, that's amazing. And then they released a photo today. And Dum uh, Dum Dugan's in the photo, and so it's going to be a complete Howling Commandos flashback. Where because we have this new agent at the season finale, right? Who is who's the, the son grandson of Gabe? Uh, yeah, grandson of Gabe. Grandson of Gabe. Well, we assume Gabe. I don't think he actually named him, but yeah, we we'd have to assume he is. So, um, so there's definitely going to be a flashback, thus setting uh, up that obviously we're going to have that agent. I think he made a reference to the horn. Is it? That they're going to set up that there's going to be the the you know eight week Agent Carter uh, series in the middle in the middle of the uh, Shield it's break. Just, thank you. I you know yeah. I'm more like plan it out. Yeah, plan it out. Do it. Love it. Lucy Laws is going to be appearing very early. Uh, you know, so Ward is back. I noticed that with a beard. Very interesting. So we'll yeah. see how where all of it goes. And, and they're going to face down the Absorbing Man. The uh, villain is the is Crusher Creel. They're the two guys in the back. Yeah, was the one on the left the absorbing man or? Uh, no, no, no. They uh, released a separate photo of. Uh, There's I, the only one I've seen is the whole cast photo where. Um, I don't think he's in that because because he's only a one off. Okay. Um, but he's but that's the season finale. The season opener is going to be, um, Coulson's shield against, Crusher Creel causing trouble, and they and he looks like Crusher Creel. It's uh, it's just like oh, nice. Strip, stripped to the waist with yes. a ball and chain. Uh, the ball and chain's not there, but he's definitely the bodybuilder with that, you know, so bald. I'm like, great. Now, Nate was aware. I had not, and I probably read it long ago, but I just started playing Lego Marvel superheroes. And again, you know, if you follow uh, uh, Clark Gregg on Facebook it's fa- it's and Twitter, it's amazing how what a huge fanboy he is and how thrilled he is to have this job. He voices Agent Coulson in the Lego game too. Of course he does. I know it's like he's everywhere. He's on the he animated does. series. He's on the all probably the does it does it for scale. <laughs> he's like, please let me do more, you know. And then he tweets stuff and he's like, oh, I'm really he's got to have kids or grandkids or something that he wants. He's to not have. that old. Who's he? Wait, he's married to somebody really cool. Um, I can't remember who, but um, if, when you look it up, you'll be or like nephews or nieces that yeah. that want to play yeah. the Lego game. Uh, he might be a dad. I don't know. But uh, yeah, so I started playing the Lego game, and I and Nate, I got Deadpool as well. Um, Ooh, yeah, not for kids. My God, it's foul mouth. It's funny. But it's <laughs> this is not a Lego game, then. No, the dead the Deadpool game no, that came Deadpool out last summer. Game. It's down to nineteen bucks, so I oh, bought yeah. it, and it's it's really fun. 
But, you know, over the summer we had, you know, when there was that footage leak with Ryan Reynolds, it made me realize that let's just do a CG Deadpool. Oh, yeah. We don't need Ryan Reynolds to be there physically. He just needs to voice it. Do the voice, yeah. And he's fine. So I'm looking forward I'd to I'd rather Shield. see a CG Deadpool. And we're looking forward to S.H.I.E.L.D. And, of course, Flash also announced it. Very interesting. Did you ever watch Prison Break? Yeah. Okay, so Wentworth Miller. Didn't, didn't stay with it. Wentworth Miller, who was the one who had the map tattooed on his back, uh, who actually last summer bravely came out of the closet because he was being asked to go to the Soviet or to the Russian Olympic Games. And he said, I, I, I won't because I'm gay. You would not allow me. You only want me because I'm a celeb. So really good to him. He's been cast as Captain Cold. He's Len Snart. Ah. So Dominic Purcell, who played his brother on uh, Prison Break, the one who was in prison that Wentworth Miller in, has been cast as Heat Wave. So they're going to have a reunion on uh, on The Flash as Heat Wave. Now, I don't think you've seen the pilot yet. I have not. But the pilot, you know, if you watched Arrow, Arrow, you know, had this very strict no powers rule. There was there was no explanation. There would be no. The pilot for The Flash does set up a reason in a small village way why people would have powers. Okay. So I'm actually hoping that they will make that that at least Captain Cold, as they had done for a while, the DNA was mingled. He had the cold powers. I think he has them back again. I think Lex Luthor restored them, possibly, because he's on the Justice League. Um, that um, they've got a reason for all these super po- these heroes, uh, these villains to exist. I thought I... Didn't he have a... I thought... I, last time I saw him, I think it was in, in think, Forever he, Evil. He, he still the gun. Because... Uh, somebody because oh, somebody said oh, all you Death get is Storm. a cold gun Deathstorm took his DNA apart he, oh, okay they'd done something that I missed that made him have all of the rogues had their powers integrated into their bodies and then Deathstorm took them all out oh, okay. again so he has these back with the cold gun so I don't know if they'll have a cold gun if uh, Mick whatever I can't remember what, what Heat Wave's last name is I'm, I think I'm doing pretty well tonight yeah. uh, to know like Len Snart that would be Captain Cold um Jeff John's favorite character of all time. That uh, they're going to be there. The Weather Wizard is in the pilot, uh, and and there's an excuse for so many more. And we know that Firestorm is going to be. They've cast the real life cousin of Stephen Amell, uh, uh, who's Arrow, uh, as Ronnie Raymond. So he'll be appearing on um, on the Flash. And I, when you talk about God, you know, I'm looking forward to Gotham, but I know I already know having seen the Flash. Jeff John's promised. It's the show that has the most DC continuity of any television show ever. And not to get spoilerific, but it's spoilerific. It is. You, when you get to the end of that episode, you'll be blown away by how much obscure, not, I shouldn't say obscure, but places of DC continuity that you'd never think a television show would go. And so, uh, just great, great series. Which is, it, it is on the web. Some people have spoiled it already, but if you haven't, I'm not going to spoil it here because my jaw dropped when I saw the last, the last shot of the, uh, not the last shot because they do a, I'm Barry Allen and I'm the fastest man alive. I'm the Flash. You know, um, right out of Mark Wade's run. It's it and and it's it's great. I still have not watched Constantine. So I, I'm gonna I, I got to give that. A, although apparently the version that went out on the web, which was purposely leaked and they admitted it at Comic Con, um, was changed. They purposely leaked it to see what people would think, and okay. they changed some things. So the ver. So, so when you're saying the the are these available to just anybody, or have you got? Ask Dave Tapia. Um, okay. 
I may or may not have. I'm just saying I'm standing in for the listener. Who I may or may not have done questionable things. We're, and we're close enough that the pilots will be on soon. So um, I don't think you should. I don't rec- recommend. I, w- I was sort of given a tacit permission on, on these two things because of what we do. And, um, and then it turned out at Comic-Con they showed the Constantine pilot and it was different. Then and they admitted it was different than what they what they leaked. They admitted they leaked it on purpose, and I think this is good for studios that they are using. You know, if you can't beat them, join them. Leaking things on purpose to get a buzz on piracy. You know, um, go ahead. If the pirates are going to exist, go ahead, leak it, let it go, and then see what the people, the fans' reactions are. Um, which you may see on Hulu, uh, selfie. The Karen Gillan pilot is, right. uh, is available. I don't know if you've watched selfie yet. I haven't watched that yet. I know that's on. Hulu. I will just say. Um, it's an adequate pilot. It's not great. I hadn't heard anything good about it, so it's I hadn't not been great. Towards it, and, and my only problem with selfie is what I predicted when I first heard about it is it might have been a good rom com movie. Mm-hmm. Put John Cho and Karen Gillan in a in a low budget romantic comedy for ninety minutes because I I can see this pilot this premise eating itself way too quickly, mm-hmm. but uh, it's charming enough, just charming enough to make me want to watch again on those couple of moments so it was just like that was a bad choice but you know and I still I miss her Scottish accent look I'm sorry that's one of the things that makes her hot to me so I admit it uh, and, but I love that John Cho is a, you know I love John Cho I think he's a great actor so I love that he's getting to play a romantic lead and again back to what we were talking about with multiversity that you want to see diversity on television just do it and that there are actors that are just nobody cares anymore what their ethnicity is they're just great actors you know so, anyway, do we have anything else on the list? Or uh, I was I was going to plug I had one more item. Okay, yeah, I've got it. I've yours here. I was going to plug the last ship, which oh, I had, right. when it first premiered, I said this was going to yeah. be a good show, uh, real good uh, personification, uh, personification, characterization of the U.S. Navy, mm-hmm. uh, and they are basically the heroes in this pandemic that has spread around around the globe and so the whole thing is all on demand now yeah and so you can go back and watch this now and it is kind of it it's it's one of those things where they're the world is falling apart but they're on this ship so they've got all their facilities and they can go to different places the first season was really good and it it did complete a full story arc in which there was there was it was it's not going to drag the main premise of trying to find a cure Mm -hmm. out over multiple seasons and the way they end the first season, you can see where they're going to go with this, and there's going to be an entirely different kind of story being told from here out, um, with the same characters. It's not like people die and everyone dies or anything. Uh, they introduce Alfie Woodard mm. in the last episode, and she's going to be a recurring character and a very interesting character in this. And a, in great, this, art, a great actor, great actress. Um, so highly recommend go go find it on demand and before it disappears because this stuff is usually only available on demand for. Uh, the short period of time until the next season comes out, and then they want to put it on uh, yeah, up for I sale mean, and stuff. And it's c- and the second season is starting very shortly. Uh, it's a TNT show, so oh, I think yeah. it's I think it's starting up within the next two months. Which I think we should mention the landscape of changing. But again, the, the last ship. Yes, the last ship. One show we we uh, we just closed over was Gotham. Is that there was news in that Netflix has bought Gotham outright. Oh really? So Fox will show it. And then Netflix will get exclusive. Has already committed to it. They will now. That doesn't mean there won't eventually be a Blu-ray set, DVD oh, set. Oh, I think there will eventually will be. But I'm saying on demand won't be allowed to carry it. Okay, uh, Hulu won't. They just they just snapped it up. We're about to. We're entering into a world, especially in tel- in terms of television, where 
Yeah, we're about to get where it's. It's going to get really wars. confusing. It's going to get online wars, and you're going to have to have subscriptions. Which actually, I don't mind when I consider if I just need an internet connection and a high speed internet connection, and I subscribe to both Hulu Plus and Netflix. Netflix. And if you offer me another one, if I have to subscribe to Yahoo to get Community, okay. But then I don't have to pay for those other things. Like almost, a, you know, I think we're about to, the landscape's going to change again. That's well, I actually, I I I don't have a Hulu subscription. I do have a Netflix subscription, but we have Xfinity X One from Comcast. Yeah, and it's surprising when all the shows that we're watching that have been recorded, we can go and download previous episodes as well. Usually the yeah. full season beforehand, and it's yeah. actually a surprise when it isn't available. Right. So when I'm worried about some of these exclusivity things, it will possibly change that up. But we nec- we we we, well, but, we you know, DVR but even Comcast so. has begun charging on a show by show basis. Like you rent back sh- previous seasons. There, uh, I forgot what it's I was just different from the X One. Okay. Well, I but I you know, I know that what used to be a free on demand service now offers. Right. I can't remember what show I was going to go back to, and it's like, oh, I'll watch this. And uh, and then I clicked on it and said, well, you know, we're going to charge you $1.99. I'm like, I don't want to, you know. No, I'll show you X1 after. Go, no, it's, it's late. Your your yeah. wife is, does not want me to uh, to see your X1. Okay. Sure. I've seen it. Okay. No, I'm just saying. Don't. Nate, you had something else? Yeah, I don't know if you guys got this, but when I picked up my books today, there was a Marvel 75th anniversary magazine. Oh, I didn't see it, no. It was a freebie. It was a freebie by the door, and I forgot to pick it up on the way out. And it is 96 pages. Wow. Uh, It's like a full-on magazine. Like, if this was a magazine at the grocery store, you'd expect to pay around 10 bucks for it. Okay. It's got... Remember they had an online vote a while back to see what your favorite stories were and all that stuff from Marvel? So it's got the results of all that. Okay. Um, covers. What was number one? I don't know. I haven't even looked at it yet. Let's see. The number one. Well, what is this list? There's so many lists in here. It's hard to find where it ends and begins. So the greatest Marvel comic of all time, as chosen by you, is uh, the death of Gwen Stacy storyline. Amazing Spider-Man 121, 122. Hmm. It's a big. Uh, well, big number two with... was Civil War, number one through seven. What? Really? So the voting public is a bunch of morons, as we just found out. <laughs> well, that is truly going from the sublime to the ridiculous. It's got a big article. On, there's a Stan Lee interview. There's a Walt Simonson spotlight. So if you can uh, if you can get back to the shop and they have any of these left, you should pick one up. I'll go back tomorrow because I already missed one book. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I'm so glad that I don't even know. I, I'm just like if I miss it, I'll pick it up in a trade. That's all I you know. Or <laughs> well, just, luckily my new book, is, my new comic shop is only ten minutes away from my house. Okay, well, actually, mine is only ten minutes away from my house. It's just uh, harder to get there from where I usually go from work. Wow. So uh, there's no direct route, whereas I have a direct route from home. It does take about ten minutes to get there, okay. but I never, I'm never coming from home because I have a day job. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> that's, that's I feel for you. Yeah. Do you? 
do you? I do. Yeah, put I away do. the X one. All right, so here we go. Uh, so I think that's we've covered everything. Uh, we had the Simpsons versus Sam. Oh, we're gonna say Sam? the Simpsons family. versus Family Guys coming up. Oh yeah, it's interesting to me, but you know, I, this is Nate's. This is I know Nate's this story. Is Nate's thing. What do you want to talk about about it? It's in, uh, it's great that there's a crossover, but there's an even more important crossover coming. Do you know is what it there? Is? The Simpsons Futurama. Uh, in which Bender is going to it's going to be the Terminator. Bender's gonna come back in time, back, time to, to assassinate Bart Simpson. <laughs> <laughs> so, That's not nice. No, oh, that, but it's funny. It's awesome. That's <laughs> what it is. I mean Reach the point. Remember a couple years ago, everybody freaked out that the 25th season was going to be the last season of The Simpsons, and we're on 26. You know, it just it just quietly came and went that it didn't end. It's like the Mayan calendar. Uh, yeah, it's oh jeez. No, I look forward to it, Nate. I really do because you know I, I do like so. It, but it is still a hit or miss. But I really like reading the Entertainment Weekly article with uh, Seth MacFarlane and Matt Groening talking. I actually watch Family Guy more than I watch The Simpsons these days. I don't watch either of them. Uh, but do I. but it's the but kind I'm of watching episode, this one. Uh, yeah, it's the kind yeah. of episode that I will tune in for. Um, probably, Family Guy is perfect to me <coughs> in, in that I don't. Uh, as much as I like Seth MacFarlane, it's a show that uh, if I turn it on like with, like on Adult Swim shows, like four episodes back to back, and I fall asleep <laughs> at the it, uh, in one episode. I was house sitting once and and turning that on at night and watching it in this big comfy chair, and I'd sit down after a day of work and just go. <laughs> And then I wake up maybe once or twice in each episode, stay awake for a joke, and fall asleep again. <laughs> and it made no damn difference to my appreciation of the show. Like I laughed and went yeah. okay, but it's like it didn't matter that I wasn't following a plot. And so it, it's a show designed for. It's perfect for the twenty first century. The show yeah, I think the thing about Family Guy is you can you can never. I can read the Simpsons. I can usually, Simpsons. I can usually tell where they're going to go early in the show. But family, you don't know. You've never. Because I don't think they know. They, you know, <laughs> I like, think South Park did it right when they said it was like they were manatees with beach balls that would go like you know they were putting them to hoops. They do the Family Guy writers going like, we shall take, uh, you know, a, a, a wildebeest, and then it says you know a Jewish. <laughs> it just kind of like combines all these things, and you go, and that's an episode, you know. Yeah. Uh, so it's just kind of. Uh, but I, I, I do look forward to to those. It's it's. it's I, I love the team. Uh, these crossovers are finally. I mean, what we in comics have known all together, known all along, and uh, so we shall see. It, it, it was reminding me of something else that I wanted to bring up, but uh, as a result of that, but no, we got the Futurama thing, and that's nice to see. It's a it's a final send off for Futurama, which was finally canceled by Comedy Central. Um, I, I did this summer. I don't think we got to talk about it. I, I got to take finally got to ride the Simpsons ride. It was my son's first exposure to The Simpsons, so that really? was fast. He'd never watched the show. Wow! The, all the setup for the show for the ride is interesting, and uh, and then he came out deciding that Homer Simpson's about the funniest character ever. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and he's right, and he's right. So, on that note, and he wanted a skateboard. No, no. no. Oh, okay. Have you read? Have you read the ride? No, I haven't. The skateboard's not there at all. It's it's Homer, not Bart. It's Homer. Okay. Crusty, uh, uh, not Crusty. Uh, Sideshow Bob is going to hold them all hostage, and he's going to kill the Simpsons on the ride on the roller coaster. Nice. And they've been in line for two hours. So they like videos that show you how long they've been waiting in line to ride this as well. 
And so what 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 nailed it for my son was that Homer they go Marge says like Homer don't get on sideshow Bob's gonna gonna try to kill us and and Homer says I've been waiting in line for two hours I'm gonna <laughs> ride this thing <laughs> so and Luke says that's hilarious so you know anyway on that note we shall uh, say of course uh, as I said up top you can find us on iTunes find us on Stitcher subscribe recommend us to your friends. Uh, something you've heard about on this podcast you want to purchase and it's not available at your local store, uh, your local small business, including Barnes & Noble, God bless them, uh, then uh, you can pick them up on our Amazon link, unless it's from Hatchet. Uh, so, in which case, that's another controversy. Uh, and if you'd like to donate, because uh, podcasting is we give this to you out of the goodness of our heart, and we like talking. Uh, but we'd love it if you'd uh, give us a little support. Uh, through PayPal on the site www.fanboyplanet.com so uh, we'll be back to our hopefully uh, more regular schedule we should be back next week I'm Derek McCaw editor-in-chief of fanboyplanet.com I'm Dave Costa and I'm Rick Brett Snyder reminding you to use use your your powers powers only only for good you know we didn't mention the tick is coming back Thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.thegreatlukeski.com. The power of brains compels you. Okay, I think we got this down. <laughs> <laughs> It's on the edge. Oh, you're probably right. That's edge of, logic. but it's still like the Spider Verse. Edge of my budget. Edge of my patience. Um. Yeah. Well. Let's let's be honest. It's not. We'll give in. We'll still be buying. I'm looking forward to it, but. All right. We pale face. <laughs> you're not buying it, Nate. No, he's not. I don't think he's buying much. He bought. No. A, he bought a Spider Verse. A man's gotta get a call from Fox. Do you need somebody to drink? Uh, yes, yes, yes please. actually, oh, I think I would. <laughs> yes, what are you? What delightful concoction? That's not a concoction. Wine's what, easy enough. What vintage are you drinking right now? I'm drinking a night uh, a Merlot. Tonight's podcast is brought to you by a fine Merlot. Uh, Maybe a reasonably good Merlot. It doesn't flow as well on the <laughs> tonight. We're it's brought to you. Is it a Napa? So many were lost in memory of all the wine that was lost in the earthquake. Indeed. Okay. All right. He's going to take notes of because we're freestyling. Good, because I did not have a time to get there at all. Um, but that's okay. <laughs> we're going to totally freestyle. We can to- We go in order. We'll be fine. Pick up things. Okay. Uh... How you doing, Nate? Do you have anything? Ready. <laughs> Let's do a little bit of thought about this ahead of well, time. Well, Richard Keel passed away right, today, Richard Keel so I today. think that's going to be a thing you do. Uh, what's the bag? Comics, news, anything interesting? Um, 
Uh, no Iron Man 4. That's in movie news. Which is not news. Anyone who's paying attention. I know. Um, so let's just talk about how stupid it is that they're reporting on it. Well, I, see. I feel like it becomes its own segment. This week's stupid reporting in the mainstream media. Uh, There's a lot do. of that going around. Yeah. 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 You may want a new Robert Downey Jr. Iron Man movie, but they've already scheduled through 2016, and he doesn't have any more in his contract. So, Well, you know, it's a, I, I, there is interesting a, a better story about it that very okay. few people are picking up. Um, and flip side, Ke- save it then. And, yeah. and, and flip side, Chris Evans saying, "Don't be in a hurry to give my shield away." So you know, it, which is still all bound by contract, but he seems excited and rejuvenated after the way he was like six months ago. I think actually having the movie open and everybody loving you probably changes your <laughs> attitude. It's kind of an opiate kind of effect. It might be. Might be. It might be. Okay, so uh, comics. Um, End of and uh, end of uh, original, original sin. sin, yeah, yeah which is wrapping that. up nicely. And uh, we've got a few issues under the belt of you know, uh, JRJR. We, we should try to explain. Uh, oh yeah, I do want to talk. We were going to yeah. compare Superman stories. That's right. And I do want to talk about multiversity. Yeah, because. <laughs> Uh, for those at home who cannot see that, Rick keeps making a gesture as if he's having a double-barreled aneurysm out of both sides of his head. <laughs> yes. So um, I think that's probably good for the. That's week. good for comics, movies. Uh, da, 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 da. What's coming the up? The Rock. Still? The Rock. Let's make our plea for Brandon Mullally. Yes. But again, well, let's also comment on the fact that we picked The Rock for Black Adam like five years ago. Uh, but, you know, I've got to say, this is another bad reporting thing. The reality is that actually, for anybody who's been paying attention, should not have come as news to anybody. Because not only did we... This talk about Shazam with Sean Levy as the director was uh, was five years ago. That's why we got to talk to Brandon Mullally. Right. And we knew that The Rock was going to be Black Adam then. Mm-hmm. But Warner Brothers hadn't got about. Oh, but but the other thing is that that supposedly this. Well, week, let's talk. Let's talk, talk about, about this internal yeah. memo. Okay. Um, uh, and on movies. the Marvel side, we can deal just new stuff in Shield. Did you see the picture of all the cast? Yeah, but that's a TV. So we'll put that down in Doctor Who. We got to talk a little bit about that. And sorry, Nate. And um, let's because I don't want to stay too, too late. Let's try to keep it under an hour. I think when we leave right. it like this, we're we're in good shape. Catching up on the bigger things, right? The bigger stories. Nothing else in TV. I think Shield's the big thing right now. Um, I'd like to punch. Oh, Flash! Oh, Flash! Gotham Flash. Flash. Isn't Gotham ca- starting just a couple weeks? Yeah. Got. Ooh, we don't know anything new. We haven't got Gotham. anything new on Gotham. But Flash, we have. We know we have a Captain Cold and a Heat Wave. I'd like to give one. Uh, catch it on on demand for the last ship. Mm, okay. Okay. Because they just finished their first season, and yeah. it's been renewed for another season. The Simpsons Family Guy crossover is on the twenty eighth. We can mention it. Brooklyn Nine Nine also comes back that evening. Oh, wonderful! Because I love Brooklyn Nine Nine, and actually, I'm looking forward to resolving that cliffhanger. There was, I believe you. There was. I'm it's just actually, uh, it's a really well. No, you got to. It's a good. I know. Good I know. I know. I've I, got so many things that I need to watch. Don't spoil it. I, ha- I have. Me too. I'm just. Uh, I'm just doing this. I, you know, I hate to find myself agreeing with 
Chris Garcia about things like that. But there it is. I'm agreeing with Chris Garcia about things like that. So, all right, let's uh, let's get into it. So, so, comics, original sin, Superman, multiversity, movies, no Iron Man four, Rock is Black Adam. I we can mention that this is Future Zen month. Uh, oh yeah, everything yeah. Everything is number ones, and actually, and they're all I, lenticular. Oh god! I, no, I'm doing them without the lenticular covers, but I. But the lenticular. Well, let's talk about it. And then TV, Doctor Who, Shield, Flash, Last Ship, Simpsons, Family Guy. Yeah, good, 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 good. No mail, no. Uh, oh, uh, an email from Ron Talbot asking, "Where are you guys? Did okay, you do stop? you have? Are you able to um, read that too?" Let me see. So you'll need to do fan email it, Nate. Sounds good. I'll leave out the part like, can we have... Um, Are we going to explain our, our hiatus post-facto? I will, uh, yeah. Because uh, that's... that's yeah, And I haven't answered them yet, but yeah. Okay, so... Okay. Superman. Shut up, it is. And so when we Aquaman. start talking about Superman with uh, Johns and Romito, we need to say Superman see how they do it they'll wow. say superman because everybody says superman johns and ramita when are we talking with jeff johnson john ramita are we no no no. when we start talking okay. about the comic oh, okay. we oh, need to say super- we're going to talk <laughs> about superman now all right leave me alone okay i don't normally I have special, say super- uh, <laughs> I, have, I have two surprise guests for the podcast uh, and i just slipped i hate you when you do that you have two surprise guests for the podcast jeff john john ramita does yeah okay fine it's late. I don't know how much Rick's had to drink yet, but uh, I'm trying to catch my, up. This I'm is my tr- first glass of wine. I'm trying to catch it. Resume. <laughs> that was phrased. That wasn't really a defense. I had a beer with my dinner. first glass of wine, and pay no attention to the empty vodka bottle that last week pro- you promised Deb would only would take a month to get through. No. Did you mark it? Did you see where it? I no. I'm not going to mark it. I trust. <laughs> I trust Debbie. Oh, it's you. I don't trust <laughs> alcohol. All right. Wow. Okay. Ready, Nate? Her Facebook has other pictures. I'm ready. Her Facebook has other, has other pictures. Has pictures of alcohol. You post a lot of, you know. I see. Yeah. She, she posts more alcohol than I do. Nate, in three, two, and pointing now, one, go. Listen up, fanboy. Is this a fanboy planet podcast? We are back, and here's your host, Derek McCaw. Thank you, Nate. This is Derek McCaw. Use your powers powers only only for good. You know what we didn't mention? The Tick is coming back. Fanboy. Yeah, that'll come up (laughs) later. Thanks. Nate, you can't do it after that. That's it. That's the end. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we'll catch it next week yeah. make a note make a note yeah, do some more research well because it's a rumor it's not I mean is it a rumor I thought Patrick Warburton had verified it or something no they know nothing other than saying that okay you know there's no details other than Ben Enlund and Patrick it's Warburton it's, want to come it's actually back. a Franz Kafka thing where he actually gets turned into real tick dude if Batman well is not returning <laughs> it's know. not worth it for me right no it's, that's what I said yeah all right, Nathan. According to this article here, it's over, Nate. Stop. According to people, the show is being revived by Amazon, and Patrick Warburton will star. That's, and that's all that they've said. 
Ben, I heard that Ben Ad- Edlund was coming back as writer producer, but um, that's it. Okay. Till I see him in that suit again. Justice is here. Spoon. Spoon is right. All right, guys. Thank you, little wooden boy. All right. Good night. Bye-bye. Bye for now.